morning, good morning. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. We're going to try to improve upon day one. Just in time for Griffin to run away for a little while. Griffin Bass, our new producer. A lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program coming up in uh, just a bit. We will catch up with a returning Baltimore Raven, Brent Urban, defensive lineman, run stopper extraordinaire. He's back. His wife broke the news on Twitter last week, doing her best Adam Schefter impression. Brent Urban, the uh, the pride of Canada, is uh, going to join us here a little bit later on in the program. And we missed him yesterday, but we're going to try again today and catch up with uh, Jameer Young, who is uh, coming to Maryland, we think, we hope. There is still the chance that Jameer Young will end up in the NBA draft. He's going through the process right now. In fact, we found out the reason why we missed him yesterday is because he had a workout with with the Hornets that ran longer than uh, it was supposed to go. That's okay. You always get one. We will uh, look to catch up with um, Jameer Young a little bit later on this morning. Also, it's Tuesday, which means that coming up at about 11.40 a.m., Simply the Bets, we do it every Tuesday morning at 11.40 a.m. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Every Tuesday at 11.40, Simply the Bets. Every Thursday, or not, sorry, every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m., Weekend at Bookies. That'll be back next week. Simply the Bets every Tuesday, Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. So that's what is scheduled as of right now. As of right now, that's what's going on. And, uh, you know, never know what might be uh, added or, uh, frankly, unfortunately, subtracted from the schedule during the course of the morning. We had a few things that were subtracted yesterday. We'll do our best to uh, not make that a habit moving forward. All right, so I've got a think tank up. It's been a while since uh, I've done this. We're going to try to do a little bit more of this moving forward. Think tank up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. The Orioles, of course, come from behind last night, get a win in New York over the Yankees. And that's fun. It's always a pleasant thing to win a game against the Yankees. And the Orioles, once again, after going through that stretch, they had lost five straight. As they've gotten healthier, they've played some better baseball. They're still, on the whole, seven games under 500. They're still 18-25 and 25 on the year. But if it had not been for that five-game losing streak, which just kind of so happened to coincide with them being really unhealthy, losing some of the more critical parts of their lineup, they'd be staring at something far closer to 500. And I get it. It doesn't work that way. They're 18 and 25. That's what they are. They've now, after that last night, I said five-game losing streak. Of course, it was a six-game losing streak. After that last night, they've now won four of their last five. And if you combine that with their stretch between the St. Louis series and the Royals series before that, they have shown a proclivity when healthy for playing better baseball. Adley Rutschman is here. There's reason to believe that there could be more help coming. They do have a weird situation this week, by the way. It's it's not just the Spencer Watkins. We know Spencer Watkins on the DL, so he's definitely not going to make his next start. But I had forgotten. They've got to play five games in Boston this weekend. I had totally forgotten about there being a doubleheader on Saturday. So they're going to need all sorts of pitching. 
I still would be opposed to that being Grayson Rodriguez. I'm just going to be opposed to him making his first start on the road. But you got to get through five games in a four-day span. Now, you do have an off day between the New York series and the Boston series, so somebody could pitch on normal rest. You, you could use your five starters to get th- through the five games in four days. But you don't currently have a fifth starter. Somebody else would have to be that guy. Now, that could be a spot start from a Keegan Aiken, or it could be someone else. But I get it. There's that exciting possibility of it being Grayson Rodriguez that Orioles fans can't shake. I just would prefer he didn't get that first start on the road. So there's reason for optimism. That's the word that I've continued to use. Optimism, hope, things along those lines. But the Orioles are also winning kind of close games. And a team that on paper maybe shouldn't be very good is a bit more competitive than we expected them to be. And that can't help but remind some folks about a particular Orioles team of the past. Say an Orioles team exactly 10 years ago. The 2012 Orioles were obviously not expected to be very good. And, you know, we're we're good. Made the postseason. Had a real chance in New York to win a series. The whole foul pole thing, we don't like to talk about it. Are you allowing yourself at all? Uh, Griffin was, I think, at three years old when the 2012 Orioles. Happened. I was, uh, I was 12 years old. I was close enough. Yeah, you, I was. Yeah, I was. At, I was at the ALDS. You games. were born in 2000. Uh, yes. That terrifies me, Griffin. That truly terrifies me. Ah, thank you. But yeah, that was a fun season. Um, Steve Molesky of Masson pointed out the Orioles are now getting better in close games. They're 8-5 and five in their last 13 games that are decided by two runs or less. As we remember, the 2012 Orioles were a bit of an anomaly. Their run differential was dreck. They just so happened to win all of their close games. These Orioles aren't that yet, but they're trending more towards that direction. So do you let yourself get carried away at all? Do you allow yourself to slip into the feeling of this is fun, this team is fun, who knows, maybe they could be like that? Griffin, I'll let you respond first. Uh, I'm not, personally. I mean, I, I don't have a ton of hope. I mean, it's it's fun what they're doing. I, I enjoy watching them. Yeah, like, it, if we can score five runs off Garrett Cole, like, let's go. Like, that's fun. But, I mean, if we end up losing that game last night, like if Jorge Lopez... Bring yourself up a, a little bit, by the way. Just a little bit. Go ahead. Keep if, going. Uh, if Jorge Lopez comes in and, you know, he blows it, like, I mean, uh, I mean, it'd be disappointing, but it'd be like, you know, I, I don't really no, I, think I, that I, I think there's a far different thing between being emotionally invested and being crushed by a loss, which I think is wrong. I absolutely am not. In no world do I think it's warranted to have expectations for this baseball team. That's not fair. That's unreasonable. But we didn't have expectations for the 2012 Orioles. They just so happened to win their first series of the year, and we were like, well, this is kind of weird. Right? Like, I didn't see that coming. It, it, if it had came crashing down as the year went on, 
it wouldn't have hurt us because what we would have said is, hey, there's a foundation here. Hey, Adam Jones has proven himself to be a superstar. There are things to like. There are reasons to believe that good times could be coming in future years. Manny Machado, of course, getting called up at the end of that season. If they hadn't been able to get into the playoffs, and even if they had suffered from a an August-September swoon that knocked them back to 500 or worse, we wouldn't have been crushed by it. It would have been a bummer, right? Like, it's always a bummer. But we wouldn't have been crushed by it. We didn't expect anything. I was really hoping I could get some. So far, the early responses to this, nobody is biting. And I get it. I, I understand. It's unreasonable to make that comparison just yet because that proved to be a very good team. That team proved to be an outstanding baseball team by virtue of getting in. Responses that are coming in on this. Ackline Clark Radio on Twitter. Matt Owings. Would love to believe, but that team was something like 11 games over 500 at this point in the season. These guys aren't at that level yet, but they're not far off either, especially with an easier schedule looming. Chris Pica, my buddy from uh, the Pro Football Writers Association. Too far of a leap. All I want this year as a fan is improvement on the field. If the other team has better pitching or hitting than the Orioles on a given night, so be it. Just play sound baseball and be a tough opponent that playoff caliber teams don't want to face down the stretch. Uh, From Nick. Nick says, I feel more like late 2011. I don't think they'll be in the running for any playoff spot, but there's a there there if it makes sense. I love using there there to much the chagrin of uh, one of our friends who listens from up in New York. And I, I sort of said before the season, that was my singular measurement for the 2022 Orioles. Show me there's something happening here. I don't really care necessarily about wins and losses, certainly not on a night-in, night-out basis, but show me that there's something happening. There's something I can attach myself to. There's reason for optimism. There's reason to think that this thing is trending in the right direction. That's what I wanted for from this team. At what point do you change that? And I don't know the answer to that. It's certainly not 18 and 25 is by no means an accomplishment. Being seven games under 500 approaching Memorial Day. Now, by the way, if you were to win a few more against the Yankees, like if they were to win the series against the Yankees and go win three of five in Boston... At this point, we'd be talking about them winning four of their next seven games. They'd be 21 and 28 on Memorial Day. Uh, at, at, at Right, exactly on Memorial Day. They still wouldn't be good. Did I do that math wrong? They'd be 20. They have 25 losses right now. Uh, 22 and 28? Yeah, something like that. Hang on a second. I don't know what I just did here. They'd be four and three over their next seven games if they did that. They'd be four and three over the next seven games. So they would take they would be twenty-two and twenty-eight. That again wouldn't be an accomplishment. It would probably be a bit better than we expected, for sure. And that still is predicated on them being able to win more games than they lose over the next seven games they play on the road. It would still be an accomplishment of some sort, of some sort. 
in some capacity, it would be an accomplishment to have exceeded expectations, particularly considering you lost your top pitcher. Would it be enough to suddenly make people say, I need to go out to the ballpark? More so than just, I I think there will be people that will want to go out to the ballpark more because Adley Rutschman is here and they can watch him play, but I don't know if it will be the case because they want to see the team with the team being 22 and 28 or flirting to get back to 500. If they could get back to the 500 area, oh, all of a sudden I think a lot of people want to go to the ballpark. Uh, From Keith, way too carried away. Next year probably. Chris, I'm thrilled that they're in almost every game. They play hard in battle. That's all we can ask for right now. I think we're a year away from a 2012 story. Did you see what Hayes had to say about Odor the other night? Sounds like he's a great locker room guy. I, I mean, I think that he's the type of personality. I, it's funny. Um, I do the radio show, of course, with Rita on Sunday, and Rita said to me afterwards, she's like, how does how's Odor's English? Because I'd love to talk to him. And I was like, eh, I'm pretty sure he's needed a, a interpreter when he's done the interviews. Um, I get it. I I get why, despite the fact that um, you know Paul Valley always killed R- Rugnet Odor and hated the signing. Um, I get it. There's just something about his approach, the way he plays the game, what he brings to a team that seems to go beyond his actual numbers, his actual productivity. He also, frankly, has been pretty clutch this season. Despite the fact that overall no one would say he's having a very good season, he's come up with routinely some pretty damn big hits. I don't think we can ignore that. Um, from Matt. Matt says, they're currently last in the division. Let's not get too far ahead just yet. They're playing better baseball, and that alone is exciting. Uh, B.O.B. says, you're getting carried away by the competitive. Well, who's saying that? I'm not saying it. I'm asking a question. B.O.B. Uh, you're getting carried away by the competitiveness and enthusiasm the team has shown so far this year. Watching the games has become enjoyable again, but not going to have any expectations for the team. I hear you. I do hear you. But remember, we didn't have expectations for the 2012 Orioles. That didn't come. Even at the All-Star break, But we were still like, okay, let's, 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 be, let's be clear. And I say, at that point, by the All-Star break, we wanted it to happen. We wanted to believe it could happen. But to suggest that at the All-Star break, we thought that Orioles team could go do something meaningful, we were still all talking about the absurdity of it. It was still insane that a team with that run differential and getting that much luck was winning the number of games they were winning. I th- but by the All-Star break, they had three All-Stars that year. I understand. There's no way they're having three All-Stars. You say that. I mean, you say that, and I hear you. But by the way, like I don't know who the bullpen... I can't pretend to know what relievers are making the All-Star game this year. Crable? I, I, I don't... I mean, it, I don't think so, but that by point stands. Like, I don't know around baseball. I don't pay enough attention to know what relievers are making the All-Star game. I don't know that it's insane to think that Bruce Zimmerman would make the All-Star game, right? Like, I don't know that that's nuts at all. I have no clue. I don't have that expectation at all. Zero expectation of that being the case. Brian, getting carried away by their newfound competitiveness and enthusiasm. Games are enjoyable again, but still a year or more away from truly being competitive. A lot of fans are going to be really unhappy in July when they trade Lyles, Lopez, Santander, and maybe Mancini. I think I'd be thrilled. Um... I think it depends on where they are. If they if they're flirting around 500, if they're 
if they continue to trend in a competitive direction, then yes, I think fans would be very disappointed by trading away pieces and not saying, hey, let's let's ride this thing out and see. But the more likely scenario, of course, as I'm acknowledging, is that they won't. Is that they won't. And so if that's the case, then yeah, I'm Griffin, I'm with you. I don't think there will be that much disappointment. The Mancini thing is always going to be more personal because, you're, as I've said a billion times, you're not getting anything for Trey Mancini. So if you trade him, you're just trading him for the sake of trading him. Santander, there is at least the possibility you could get something for him. He is a plus arm in the outfield. He is a, a little bit more of a baseball player than just a positionless bat. Not saying you're going to get much, because again, he still isn't doesn't do anything that's a premium, but you're going to get slightly more than you would be able to get for Trey Mancini for Anthony Santander. Anthony Santander, as I like to say. I can't, I can't. Nobody's nobody's biting. I tried. I tried to get somebody to bite. Nobody's biting. I tried. I did my damnedest. Everybody is did. By the way, I want to make it abundantly clear. I'm not saying it either. I noticed that stat from Steve Molesky, and I think this morning I saw that our buddy Eric Arditi uh, threw out the comparison too. And I just when I saw that stat from Molesky last night, I started thinking to myself, at what point? Like, we're all enjoying it. At what point do we say, hey, maybe there is something here? And it's something Paul and I talked about a great deal. Because, again, my expectation remains that this is not sustainable. But... Let's say Adley Rutschman really starts producing at the level that we all hope that Adley Rutschman can produce. And then whenever Grayson Rodriguez gets here, let's say he looks like the guy that we all thought think he's going to be. There's a reason why he's the number three prospect in all of baseball. If you start seeing those things at some point, do you acknowledge it? At some point do you say, hey, there's, there's, there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. you got to stop children and look around. Everybody look what's going down. Is that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I am with you that the way that I'm approaching of it, approaching it is, hey, it's fun. And a guy who admittedly, the reason why we started doing the Minuteman bit with Paul is because I didn't think I was going to be watching Orioles baseball. But yet last night, I sat down and said, I'm going to prioritize watching the Orioles game. And I did acknowledge that was my thought process would likely change when Adley Rutschman got here and despite the fact that Rutschman wasn't catching last night he was in the lineup and that makes that alone makes it more compelling I don't know what it'll look like tonight I'll definitely watch the game for a while I mean part of what happened last night is I I started watching the game the basketball game started it was utterly non-competitive I said well I have no need to flip over to that at any point and I was able to stick it out with the baseball game and watch it all the way through I don't know how it'll go tonight Warriors don't play till nine, and I think the Mavs have kind of quit based on Jason Kidd's post-game comments after Game Three, where he was like, "Well, we weren't even supposed to be here." Like, you know, the series isn't over yet, right? I know nobody's ever come back from down three zero, and I understand you're not going to, but like, maybe you'd like to hear the coach say something like, "Well, we're going to come out, we're going to battle, we're going to grind. We've we've won four straight before." Like, I would just like to think that maybe you you wouldn't take the defeatist. Uh, hmm, mindset after losing a third game in a series. But that's just me. That's just me. So I don't even know how that'll go tonight. And I did. I tried to poke at the hockey last night. The hockey was pretty freaking compelling. 
The Colorado-St. Louis game was excellent, but that was later, so I was able to watch that after the Orioles game was over. I am more inclined to watch, and I think that right now, until, until one or the other thing happens, until they either go through another type of losing streak that sinks them to a point where you just say, all right, I don't... I don't need to watch every night, or until they sustain success for long enough to really buy into what's happening and to say, no, we need to talk about it. I can tell you that I'm interested enough to be poking at the games right now and to be watching more than I was when the season began. That's kind of the approach that I've taken to this. I am more invested than I was week two of baseball season. I still don't know what's real. I still don't know what isn't. A team's overall competitiveness is not actually as helpful as establishing long-term pieces. As I say, the first thing I wanted to see this season was that there's a there there. There's reason for hope. There's reason for optimism. But that's fleeting if you're getting it from the Rugnet doors of the world, because they're not going to be here. And as good as Jordan Lyles has been and him eating six innings last night and going back there when his pitch count was already over 100 pitches, it's, it's fun. It's a cool thing, and it makes you like Jordan Lyles, but it's fleeting. Jordan Lyles isn't part of the plan. So unless this team is going to get to that place this season, it's... It's fool's gold. It's it's meaningless long term. It would be more powerful to me to see Adley Rutschman go on a tear. It's been more powerful to see Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, pieces that you believe are going to be a part of this thing or at least can be a part of this thing for some time. Jorge Mateo has been more important to me than you know some of these again the Jordan Lyles of the world well Chris Owings stinks so that's not that's not a I mean there's there's why Chris Owings is still here I'm a bit admittedly a bit confused by I don't really know what's going on there all right uh, continue to get me your responses if I would love to hear from someone who is I would really love to hear from one person who is buying into it and believing that there is something there's something happening here. Something magic happens, if you will. It's something I just came up with, a thought that I just had. I might trademark it. Maybe I'll make a song out of it. Something magic happens. If you're like that, I want to hear from you. I guess the argument can be made, like, you know, Mountcastle, he's nowhere near producing like he was last year. So mm-hmm. if he conti- if he turns around, uh, you yeah. know, Mateo continues, like, I mean... Like yeah, it's I not impossible. No, yeah. like as I as I said all along, nothing's impossible. Kevin Garnett told us that. We know nothing is impossible. National twenty nineteen nationals prove that. Twenty nineteen nationals. Oh, the, the, they were like, like what, yeah, fifteen yeah, games yeah, under. They were the ba- they were bad, but they yeah. weren't supposed to be that bad on paper either. Right. Like that's not that wasn't a a team that on paper had no business of competing. That's a team that j- was was performing well under expectations that just happened to turn things around. I want to hear from you. I've, I've heard from enough of the, uh, the rest of you. I've heard from all of you. I get it. Overwhelmingly, you're saying no. Now I want to hear from somebody who says yes. I want one person to step up and be the guy that says, you know what? Honestly, I am. 
I'm allowing myself to believe, to get carried away. I'm going to let them hurt me. I would love to hear from you at some point during the course of the show if you're out there. The Orioles will continue their series with the Yankees tonight up in New York, and they do indeed send the ace to the mound. Bruce Zimmerman goes for the Birds tonight against Jordan Montgomery in Game 2 of this three-game set. That's what's going on. Ravens begin OTAs today out in Owings Mills. The one kind of storyline for this week is would Lamar Jackson show up? I don't get it. I mean, I genuinely don't understand the conversation. The information that we have says Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract because he doesn't want one. And if that's the case, why wouldn't Lamar Jackson show up to OTAs? Why would he hold out? We're going to find out today if he's there, uh, or maybe it's tomorrow. I, don't, I can't remember. I think it's tomorrow that reporters are allowed. We'll find out this week. And presumably if he's not there today, that reporting would get that out somehow, some way. But I don't get it. I feel like the only, and I said this last night on Twitter, if the truth is that Lamar Jackson just doesn't want to do a deal right now, the only reason he would not show up for OTAs is to say, well, I want to avoid the risk of injury. But that sentence alone would show why it is that it makes no sense that he doesn't want to do a deal. Why risk an injury playing without a long-term deal? If you're fearful of injury, sign a contract. Now, I get that this is complicated, and there's plenty of people that don't believe that the real story is that Lamar Jackson doesn't want a deal. It's confused the hell out of me from day one. There are plenty of people that believe the real story is Lamar Jackson wants the mega deal. The Ravens aren't offering that, but that's not what's being reported. What's being reported is the Ravens can't get Lamar Jackson to the table. They can't talk to him about a contract. Of course it's possible that's not true. But if the truth were the other thing, that the Ravens aren't offering him what is fair market value for Lamar Jackson, it doesn't make any sense that Lamar Jackson wouldn't demand a trade. We keep trying to make the math work here, and the math doesn't work. About the only thing that does work is this kind of crazy idea that maybe Lamar Jackson just simply doesn't want a contract. Which again, I don't get, makes no sense to me, but it's possible. Hmm. Okay, so we'll have to move some things around today. That's all right. We'll make it work. Steve Johnson's going to join us. We'll see if we can't, can't make a comparison to the 2012 Orioles. Well, if that's the case, we'll bump, we'll bump uh, Brent Urban back a little bit. Oh, Brent, bump Brent Urban back in the uh, the eleven o'clock hour. We can adjust. We can adjust the uh, the lineup as accordingly. Brent Urban can join us at about eleven twenty this morning, and uh, we'll talk to Jameer Young at eleven. We'll talk to Steve Johnson in just a few minutes. I think I think that all works. I think that's okay. Now I'm a little bit worried about somebody else telling us they can join us too. A little bit worried about that, but we'll we'll see how it all goes. The point being, I I just don't I don't get the reason. Based on the knowledge that we have, Lamar Jackson not showing up for OTAs would either mean one of two things to me. The reporting that we have so far is not accurate about the Lamar Jackson situation, or B, 
he is proving why it is that he should be trying to get a deal done right now, whether that's with the Ravens or with somebody else. Because if he's worried about injury, it makes zero sense for him to go out and play this season and risk getting hurt. You can tell me all you want about, well, look, Dak Prescott got his contract anyway. But again, if you're saying he's not worried about injury, then why wouldn't he be here? You can't make these things all work. You can do whatever mental gymnastics you want to do, and trust me, we all do plenty, but you can't come up with a scenario where it would make sense for Lamar Jackson to be concerned about injury now, but not in the season. You can't do that. Impossible. When we come back, we'll see if Steve Johnson thinks that there are similarities to the 2012 Orioles. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. keith lee appreciate you guys having me man bill goldberg my pleasure charlotte thank you so much for having me mick foley is with us this is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion! Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. You have one week to get your Glory Days Grill seasonal menu. I don't remember what the next line of the Bare Naked Ladies song was. One week left for the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill, which, of course, includes the strawberry salmon salad, the flash-fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, the Cracker Jack Sunday, the baseball cut sirloin, and so much more. It's all so good. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Love Glory Days Grill. And when this goes away, they will, of course, have another wonderful seasonal menu that we'll be telling you all about. But this one's been so good. You want to make sure that you try it before it's gone at the end of the month, which, again, is just one week away. Get over to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill today. Take advantage of that spring seasonal menu. It's actually been a while since we caught up with our next guest, and I I love this guy. Um, I, I, I was trying to get you guys to bite on the idea that maybe there's something going on with this Orioles that's similar to the 2012 Orioles, particularly as we celebrate the kind of 10th anniversary of that magical team. For the most part, you guys aren't biting. I get it. I understand. I don't blame you. But how did that even happen in 2012? Well, a man who was part of that and is one of our own, growing up, he was actually basically a, a neighbor of mine. We, we weren't exactly the same age but he lived right down the street he is mr steve johnson and he's back with us now here on gcr steve it's glenn it's been too long brother how are you i know how's it going i'm, I'm good I'm doing well. uh, wait, let me get caught up with you i know you're still very involved in the game what's going on man so i opened up a, a training facility up in bel-air optimal baseball performance so i've been doing that the last couple of years and um you know it's it's I'm having a blast with it, just training some young kids, kind of getting them on the right path, and uh, just trying to help them hopefully play as long as I was able to. I love that, man. I, I, I love it. What's, what is the advice? Because, like, you know, people remember, you know, you weren't a guy that was supposed to have as lengthy a career, right? Nobody said, oh, this guy's can't miss. How, what do you tell yeah. kids about how you were able to do it and how they might be able to do it? You know, it. One thing is to, to have a dream and then, you know, to not have anyone tell you you can't do it. Um, that's obviously just with anything you do. Um, but it's just a lot of ups and downs. You know, you, you don't you, you play for the end goal and, and to get there and, and to, to do all that. But there is just there's so much along the way that has to happen for, for you to be even to put in a position to do that. And, and some of it's just right place, right time. And obviously the other parts, just putting in the hard work and just kind of letting the good things kind of come to you. And, um, you know, at each level, whether it was high school or, you know, possibly going into the next level or summer ball, it's just you're just trying to put in all the work you can and, and 
um, the extra work and all the practices and all that stuff. And you just kind of, you don't know until you're kind of up there. Even when you get drafted, you're like, okay, well now I'm at the bottom level and I have a long way to go. So it feels like you're so far away. You don't, you don't even think it's possible. Um, so it's just kind of, Staying within yourself, I guess. Well, that's cool, man. Can, can I get a plug in? Can for, is there is there a best way for people to find out more about uh, the, the what, what it is optimal performance? Yeah, so you can go uh, to optimalbaseball.com and it'll lead you to a Facebook website right now. Um, but that that'll give you some information, or at least how to contact me and all that good stuff. That's awesome, man. That's that's incredible what you're doing. All right, let me let me go back because. It's a bit of a weird thing. We're trying to, to see if there's any way that this current Orioles team could be like the 2012 Orioles. And admittedly, you weren't here yet at this point of the 2012 season. So when I ask this question, right. you might not be able to fully define it that well. But like, what I still try to figure out is, how did the 2012 Orioles even happen? How was it that a team that nobody thought was supposed to be competitive, that nobody thought was there yet, that nobody thought was going to be any good... And, you know, we all remember, of course, on paper, the run differential thing. How did the 2012 Orioles even happen, Steve? That's a great question. Because uh, even in AAA, I mean, it, I think we went through the, the record number of starting pitchers um, that year. I think we were, went through, like, every sort of veteran that got designated that year we picked up. Um, it was just a crazy year to watch them do so well you know, in the big leagues, and then to also see what was going on in AAA in that we were, like, signing everybody that they possibly could. <laughs> right. I mean, I played with Jamie Moyer, Dontrell Willis. Oh, my God. Um, you know, it's like those guys were taking my, my starting spot away from me for certain starts. It's just like it was awesome to be able to play with. Miguel Tejada was on that team, um, you know, and obviously the Nate McLeod, the Lou Fords, and, and, and all that that actually everyone was able to see. But – you know, it was just a crazy time, and then to, like, everyone that came up performed. I mean, every, Bill Hall was on that team. You know, right. Just, you, think, you think about all the guys that actually came up and, and, and just performed. It was just kind of one of those seasons that was – it was special, but, you know, maybe not for all the good reasons that we were just having to bring up all these people, but it just seemed like everyone just had a part in, you know, I think – Lou Ford had a walk-off. I think Bill Hall had a walk-off. You know, it was just all these things were happening. And you're just like, wow, this is crazy. Do you, do you see any – I don't know how much you're invested in watching. I don't know if you, you're paying attention, how much you're paying attention. But do you see any way that a, a team – again, this current Orioles team, there's no expectations for, right? Like, they're a last-place team. They're still, they're still mired in the middle of a rebuild. But yet, you know, they have pieces, and they're clicking, and they're competitive night in and night out. Is there a point at which, like, it stops mattering what people thought about you going into a year and what you're actually doing night in and night out matters more in order of defining what it is that you are a team? Um, I think, you know, just thinking about it when you kind of let me know what, you know, the, what you were thinking um, before I got on here, I was just trying to think of what, what possibility or what similarities there could be. And, and more what I was really coming up with is maybe more the 2011 team Okay. in that, you know, there were pieces, but no one was expecting them. They didn't have a winning record. But near the end of the year there, you, in September, I mean, they really took it to all the teams that were in it. 
obviously with the great you know ending of two of the yep the Robert Andino thing yeah that really kind of propelled us into 2012 with a lot of momentum. Where I don't know if this team has the as many pieces as we had in you know 2011 2012. Uh, you know with the Weeders and the Jones and you know the you know Hardy. We had so many more pieces, but there is kind of this thing where you see it. I mean, obviously they didn't do as well against Detroit, but you the the teams that they're playing well against are pretty good team right and, you know they're showing it so i think that you know you have a couple pieces get called up obviously adley got finally got called up and um you know maybe a couple more um with the potential to have a couple saved for next year too i mean they're, they're going to be in this run here where in the next year or so they they should have a lot of their guys starting to get called up it should be pretty exciting steve johnson is with us here on glenn clark radio for another couple of minutes Steve, um, Grayson Rodriguez has made nine starts at AAA. He's pitching to a 2.70 ERA and a sub-one whip at this point. He threw 86 pitches his last time out. The Orioles will need a starter this weekend in Boston because they've got to play five games in four days, and Spencer Watkins is on the DL. Would you like? Would you be inclined to say, "Hey, what are we doing? Like, let the let he's good. Let him go," or is it important? With, with a young pitcher to say, no, don't alter it just because you're playing exciting baseball. Let the guy pitch the better part of a season at this level before you rush him up here. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's tough because I know, I know everyone wants, wants him up as soon as possible, and sometimes that's not always the, the best move, um, especially with a guy that you, you know most likely is going to be up at some point. Um, you know, and I think that we were talking because I all the all the kids I train, you know, they're they're excited about the new call ups coming up too. So we're just talking, and um, I was telling them, you know, the one thing is he hasn't really pitched. I think over a hundred innings in pro ball, um, or I think he's only done mm-hmm. it once. Mm-hmm. And so you got to think about that in the longer season, and they probably really want to manage his innings so that if he does get the call, say next year or maybe in September or, or you know whenever it is that he'll be ready to go for most of the year. You don't want to call somebody up and then have maybe, you know, who knows, maybe they go on a run in, in September here or you know, August, September, I, I don't know, and, and you, you kind of would like him up there and he, he has to get shut down because of his innings. So that's the one thing I think they're probably really kind of watching, especially with the year of COVID and having them not really play at all. And, you know, it's, it's kind of throwing a wrench into, I think, a lot of the inning limits that, that you got to watch out for. I, I understand exactly. But, By the way, your point, he went 103 innings last year, and it's the most that he's thrown. So I know exactly what you're saying, Steve, which is you, you got to get him ramped up. Like the, he, You need to know that he's going to be able to get, be good to go for what you want him to be for the next five years, not just what you want him to be for like the next five minutes. It's, right. It's important. Yeah, and and it's, it's, it's really important because I know that, you know, you have a high school, you have a, a college kid who's been through it, and they – and you know they they've kind of went through the longer mm-hmm. the longer seasons and and maybe that's different but you know you're not dealing with that here especially with covid messing like you're missing a whole year i mean um you know it's just completely different cuz i mean i i had i know i had 3 years where i basically went 145 innings every year and you know i was hoping to go more but i knew i at least had that logged in um before 
I was even close to getting called up. And I know that was me, but I know a lot of guys who are starters on a regular basis, you know, they're putting in 150, 160, and they were, they were a lot closer to being called up and being able to go that, that, that long. But when you're pitching and he's doing as well as he is, I mean, he's going to be possibly going in the six or seven innings he start, hopefully, and, and that's, those innings are going to add up real quick. You know, Steve, before I let you go, if I could, you mentioned, you know, Adley, and you also brought up another name in this chat that, uh, you know, inevitably, this is there's always going to be a comparison. That's, of course, Matt Wieters. And, and you and I know Matt Wieters had an unbelievable Major League Baseball career. Like, he was a damn good player. Um, and yet, you also know that in Baltimore, that if you brought up the name Matt Wieters to a certain group of people, they'd say he was a bust because of how insane the expectations were for Matt Wieters. I mean, remember, we used the term. He was Jesus in cleats. He was Mauer with power. And you also know that the expectations for Adley Rutschman far surpass even what the expectations were for Matt Wieters because, you know, Adley was the number one overall pick. And Do you worry at all that expectations are far too carried away and that we are setting a standard where, like, if Adley Rutschman isn't Mike Piazza's bat and Pudge Rodriguez behind the plate, people are going... Like, he's not going to be able to live up to them but just because the hopes... And again, the expectations from a fan base are so out of whack for a baseball player. Yeah, it's it's tough, and I, obviously, I was never put in that situation to be to to have the number one pick and all that stuff. And I, and I still had the pressure of you know getting called up and and wanting to perform and and, and knowing all the pressure that it goes into it. And, and so I can only imagine what goes into having that sort of pressure around you when you get called up, but. Um, I feel like as a catcher, um, there's so much more that goes into, you know, everyone looks at like the batting average and it's hard to kind of, or like the homers and it's hard to kind of judge how, how much a catcher can matter. But I know with Matt, you know, the way he was able to, you know, work with the pitchers and, and have Mm -hmm. him throwing out everybody and, you know, how, how much did that actually – I remember one game he, he threw out three guys for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a whole inning of guys that didn't have to get out. <laughs> um, or that, that guys that, get, that got hits off me that then, um, you know, were out. So, like, that, that obviously helps tremendously. And the fact that he's so young and he's going to be called up with all these other guys, um, especially a lot of them being pitchers, I, I think that that's going to be um, – the, the, the bigger factor in, in judging him is that he's going to come up with all these younger guys, and he is a little older. I mean, he's what? I think he's 24 uh-huh. um, for, for being like a first overall pick. He has that experience, and a lot of these guys are younger than him, the pitchers at least. So I think that that's going to be a huge factor in, in what he's going to do for this team. Um, and then hopefully something that someone they can really build around. And, and it, it, he just hits the way he has in the minors. It, it, just even a little bit of that, I think that that'll be plenty for are, this team. Are, are you worried about the uh, lack of the depth that the Ravens have at receiver going into the season? <laughs> you, you know what? I, a, a little, but I, I, do like the, I do like the guys we have. Right. Uh, I, th- as, it's, you know what you just said is exactly what I've said. I like these guys. I just don't know that I want to pin Super Bowl hopes on just uh, these guys alone. <laughs> yeah, I, there's, there's a... There's a part of me, I'm just like, we just need maybe one guy. Um, I liked how Bateman looked oh, uh, at the end of the year when no we doubt. started using him. Um, so I think that he could actually be 
a big guy for us. But I think that the you know there's part of me that that just wants them to sign Julio, just to say, hey, let's see if we get five good games out of him. Oh, I think we I think we ended up losing Steve there. Oh, yep. Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm Sorry, back, I'm man. Yeah, no, no, you're you're good. I, by the way, I know exactly what you're saying. I know better. I know better than to think that you should sign Julio Jones. But yet, it's still freaking Julio Jones that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, really, you might just, you know, catch lightning in a bottle for a year. That's all you need, year or two. Yep. We do with Bolden, I feel I, I I hear you. I completely hear you. All right, Steve Johnson, Optimal Baseball. Of course, if you go to OptimalBaseball.com, it'll take you to the Facebook page. And you can uh, follow Steve on Twitter, at SJohnson831 is the way to do it. Brother, it's been too long. Let's do this again, man. I always appreciate catching up with you. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, my man. Yep, I appreciate it. Good talking with you. Steve Johnson checking in with us here on GCR. And, again, I think a lot of people are making kind of the same comparison that Steve did, which is maybe not the 2012 Orioles, but that that second half of 2011 Orioles, you know, can kind of see the comparison between this team and that team. Getting a lot of that from you guys on Twitter? Nope, not not seeing it yet with the 12 Orioles, but seeing seeing those signs that maybe you could be a year away. Seeing those signs that maybe, and and remember the weird part again. We also oftentimes conflate the 2010 and 2011 Orioles because it was actually the 2010 Orioles where Buck Showalter showed up, and suddenly winning, it was here was Buck, and then one foot behind him, just trailing him everywhere he went was winning. And then 2011 actually was kind of a disappointment after the the turnaround of Buck's arrival. Buck arrives. And a terrible team. Again, it's a, such a bizarre scenario by which you bring a manager in. But all of a sudden, they take over the worst team, 32 and 73, and you you win 34 of your next 57 games. And everybody's like, well, it's on. And then 2011 was not that. 2011 was a disappointment after the progress that had been shown when Buck arrived at the end of 2010. We, of course, remember the Robert Andino thing from 2011. But we tend to conflate the late-season surge of the 2010 Orioles and make that what happened in 2011. 2011, the Orioles went 69 and 93. And again, they, it's not as if they didn't show some signs. They showed some signs. But there was a reason why 2012 was so wildly unexpected. We didn't go into 2012 thinking that the Orioles were on the verge. We didn't go into that season saying, "Hey, they're you know, based on what they did a year ago, there's a they're a team that's ready to be right there and you know, at least make a jump to 500." They won 69 games in 2011. They were a bad baseball team. I think for some people it would 
to, as of today and the way they're trending, it would be kind of disappointing if they only won 69 games this season. I did finally get someone who at least bit a little bit. Um, Jamie said, uh, however, if Rodriguez is caught up and we can stay healthy, this team could get on a roll. Reason being, we can actually pitch this year. So if the offense can even out even a bit, we can string together some wins. So Jamie, it's mild, but is the first person that's even kind of jumped on with the idea that like maybe this team could end up being like the 2012 Orioles. Not trying to oversell it. Not trying to tell you that I feel that way. But encouraging, which is what the first, that's the word that would come to mind for the most part. We would say encouraging. At some point, encouraging can turn into something else. I'd bet against it, but we'll see. We're winding down for hour number one of today's show. Um, we got to move some things around today. Here, I'm going to pull the curtain back. We had to pre-record both of the next the, the interviews that we did just because of scheduling. Jameer Young had more workouts that he was going to do. Brent Urban, I don't know if you've heard, the Ravens are, are practicing again. They're doing OTAs this week. So because we had to pre-record them, we have what's called in the business flexibility, which is nice. It's very nice. It's nice to know you got them. It's nice to know that neither of these guests are going to end up missing today. We got them. But the question is when, where, what, why, and how, right? Like, when do we air them? How do we, you know, that whole thing. So here's what I'm thinking, Griffin. I'm thinking that we talked to Jameer. We said at the beginning of the show that Jameer Young was going to join us at 11, right? That is correct. So I think we're going to air Jameer Young at 11. And then after Jameer Young, we'll react to that. And then we'll chat with Brent Urban. And then we'll go from there. Does that sound like uh, reasonable? That sounds like a beautiful you're, plan. You're the producer now, so you got to do some producing. You've got to put your foot down and say, here's what we're doing. I think that's a great plan. I'm making the call. I'm Griffin, Mr. Producer Man, for the next you know couple of minutes, and then you're leaving us for uh, – Griffin's graduating tomorrow. Yeah. This, this time tomorrow, I'll be, I'll be a graduating. college graduate. He's graduating from uh, Towson University. As a distinguished dodgeball, cha- oh yeah, distinguished dodgeball champion once. Yeah, just once. Just once though, just once. Um, and uh, and then uh, he's gonna go on a little trip, and then he'll be back, and and we'll be looking forward to that. He'll be here Thursday, and then he's going on a, a graduation trip. So our friend Zach Goodman's gonna help us out for uh, the next couple of weeks, and um, and then Griffin will be back in the swing of things, and and we'll be moving uh, full guns blazing after that point. Um. So, yeah, that'll be how we do things. We'll chat with Jameer Young at the top of the hour, and then we'll chat with Brent Urban in at the 11 a.m. hour. Don't forget, Simply the Bet's coming up at 11.40. Today's show is also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. Of course, we've talked quite a bit about Adley Rutschman, and he is on the cover. It really is a great story from Adley Rutschman, or not from Adley Rutschman, from Luke Jackson about Adley Rutschman and about where his passion for baseball came from, where his passion for catching came from, and why it was that we thought a little bit differently of him than your average prospect that would be making their Major League debut. There was this belief that Adley Rutschman could step in essentially on day one and be a leader for this baseball team, which is totally wild. 
You can go pick that up if you haven't yet uh, today. Again, your neighborhood Royal Farms. There's hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. And I'm sorry, note from um, from Jeff. I did. Um, I missed out. I did not get to go to the uh, the Ravens event last night at the Meyerhof. Uh, they're doing for the 30 for 30. I was actually invited very last minute, uh, but my, my kid had an event last night, so I was not able to go. Everybody who was there told me it was wonderful. There were some uh, tremendous stories that were told that I'm assuming we will all be able to see when we get to the uh, 30 for 30 and whenever that does come out from ESPN and NFL Films. Ironically, I was excited because my friend and co-host, the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, was there last night, and she told me. I told her on Sunday that the thing that I want to see and that Brian Billick swears exists is I want to see video of his face saying F the Titans. We have all seen the video of him telling the camp, turn off the camera and the camera goes black and we hear the audio of him yelling out F the Titans. I've never heard it uncensored. I've only heard a censored version. We've all seen that. But I wanted to know if there was an actual video of him dead on, if there was somebody else who happened to sneak a camera into the locker room that day. we got to remember, it was 2001 at this point. This was not like now where there's going to be 12 cameras and 18 phones that might be recording everything. That was not the case in 2001. So it is very possible that that was the only camera that was in the locker room and the only hope of recording that moment was the camera that we saw that was turned off. So I think when I ask the question, hey, does it exist? Is there just a shot? Is there still, can we see your lips moving and saying the words F the Titans? And when I asked him that question and he said, I've seen the video, he might also be referring to the video that has been available for a long time of, again, turn the camera off, the camera goes off, it keeps recording with no video, and you hear Brian Billick yell out F the Titans. I was just hoping there was a better there was a direct shot that we might see. So Rita messaged me last night from the event. She was like, great news. They've got it. But it turns out she too was confusing. She, they, they showed the same thing that we've seen, which is this. If you haven't seen the video before, it exists. You can find it on YouTube. It's just, again, they all get in the locker room. Brian Billick looks around, says, turn the camera off. Camera off. And you see the camera kind of go down. It's still running, it's still recording, but the screen is black, and Brian Billick yells out, F the Titans. I've seen it. I know that exists. I was just hoping that maybe, because they were doing a 30 for 30 and NFL Films was involved, there was perhaps a, a better video that actually got Brian Billick yelling out, F the Titans. Does not appear to be the case. That's a bummer, but I am told that everything else about the event last night was uh, fantastic. And so that's cool. I, As I've said a million times, even though I'm not sure that there's broad appeal for a 30 for 30 about the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, I'm not certain about that. There is plenty of local interest in it. I think it'll be a good history lesson for kids like Griffin who were barely alive, which is terrifying for me, but that's the reality. They were barely alive when that miracle of a football season occurred. So I think it'll be a great history lesson for a younger generation 
And whether or not the average person in Schenectady or Sheboygan is all that interested in it, I can't answer that question, but it's also really not my concern as to whether or not they're all that interested in the, um, that's, that's ESPN's problem to deal with. That's their issue if they can get the masses to care so much about the 2000 Ravens. 30 for 30 that they're going to be putting out. So glad everybody enjoyed their time. I got, I, I literally, I kept looking at my timeline and it was just people going on about what a wonderful event it was. And um, it wasn't the whole team. It was just certain prominent members of the team that were involved with this filming thing last night. So uh, cool thing, cool thing. All right. Um, ooh, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages, excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. So, as I mentioned, we had to do these uh, interviews a little bit earlier on because of their various schedules. But the first one is a young man who we think is coming to College Park. We'll let him explain the situation a little bit better. Jameer Young joins us right now here on GCR. We're joined now here on GCR by a young man who we think is coming to College Park this season. I know he's still going through the process and, you know, keeping his options available to him, but he made it clear if he's coming back and playing college basketball, he's going to do it with Kevin Willard at the University of Maryland. He is Jameer Young, and he is with us now here on GCR. Jameer, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. No, anytime. I appreciate you guys having me. It's good to chat with you, dude. So just take me through how this has been working, right? Like, mm-hmm. clearly you're thinking about your future and you want to live your dream playing in the NBA, but trying to be practical, yeah. I, this is kind of unprecedented. In years past, we didn't have situations like this, but you're not the only guy. I know Donald's doing the same thing. What mm-hmm. What's it like kind of doing two things at once now, you know, projecting your pro future and your college future at the exact same time? Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's been exciting. Um, this process has been, you know, it's been different. Um, I've been working really hard, um, really just, um, waiting on the feedback. I actually was at a Hornets workout, um, this morning. So, um, really just taking it day by day, but, um, it's definitely, it's definitely been exciting. Are, are you, are you at a place where, you know, like, if, if a Maryland fan said, hey, Jameer, do you think we should go ahead and pre-order like a Jameer Young jersey right now? What what, what might you say to them? I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you um, actually being a fan of mine. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't say get it, get it yet. Just hang, just hang tight for a little while is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, just hang tight. Hang, hang tight. You'll, you'll be able to make that decision. We're not that far off from when we'll know with certainty. <laughs> when yeah, it's no. gonna be, you can hold out for that. So let's yeah. let's talk in those hypothetical terms, right, Jameer? Mm-hmm. Um, your decision, new head coach, different place. You've been highly productive at Charlotte. What all went into the decision, not just to decide to go elsewhere if you did return, but why was it that Maryland was the right fit for you if you return? Um, the biggest thing for me was just really, you know who can really help me get to the next level and what would I have to do to get to the next level at this point. And it was really um, just being able to perform at a higher level so where there would be more exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Kevin Willard was, was great. Um, he was very transparent with me. Um, I feel like he was confident. He had a lot of confidence in me, um, which, was, which was huge. And um, I just felt like not only that I'm... Coming home to play at home, I'm yep. excited for that. But 
it really just fell home outside of that. Um, I like his staff, um, and I just feel, I'm very excited for the opportunity. For those that don't know, of course, Jameer it comes from Damatha, which is kind of a big deal in and of itself. Um, yeah. It's been a long time. I, let, let, me, let me approach this twofold, Jameer. First of all, w- were you interested in Maryland when you were in high school? Was it something that, that you wanted to do? What, was there a relationship there at all? Like what, why wasn't it Maryland to begin with, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to. Um, at the time, uh, I would just say they didn't see enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I feel like they felt like I needed to prove a little bit more. And um, I definitely feel like I did want to go there um, out of high school. But, you know, just the way everything fell into place, it just wasn't the best situation at the time. D- does it make this more meaningful you to you that, like, hey, you you guys, and I'm not trying to call out anybody but name, by name, but... You didn't mm-hmm. think I was good enough, and yet here I am, and you wanted me now, all those years later. Like, is there, is there something that makes this even more meaningful to you? Um, yeah, it just helps me, you know, just play with that, you know, that chip, chip on my shoulder, playing with that extra edge. I'm just having to prove myself. You, Jameer Young is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. You know there's been a kind of a freeze for a while. It's... It's kind of a big deal that a Damatha kid is coming back to Maryland, which seems insane because it seems like there should have been Damatha kids coming to Maryland for yeah. forever. Yeah. It, it, is it a big deal to you that you could be the one to end this drought and to maybe reconnect Damatha and the University of Maryland? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's definitely exciting. I heard it's been... Um, about 20 years. Yeah, we don't, right. we don't really like it's talking crazy. about it. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's definitely that's definitely exciting. Um, you know, the math is only like, what, five, ten minutes from Maryland. So um, just, I'm excited to be able to, you know, just feel like I'm playing back at high school a little bit. Um, just being able to play at home, I'm just very excited for it. I mean, we're literally talking. It's When we say down the street, we use that term down the street sometimes just to talk about anything. Yeah. It's literally down the street. <laughs> yeah, down the street. It's literally down the street. And yet it hasn't been, it's been since Travis Garrison that a Damatha kid has ended up at Maryland. And here you are yeah. uh, ending that drought. Do, do you feel like things can change with Kevin Willard and his staff? And this can be repaired. A kid like you decides to come. But do you feel like there could be more kids like out of high school that could end up? We're kind of sick of seeing guys from Damatha go other places and succeed, right? <laughs> do you feel like that could change in the coming years, Jameer? Yeah, I do. I do. We like I the do. sounds of that. We like the sounds of that. <laughs> we're we're hopeful that's the case. Um, what about you know? Like I mentioned, Donald a second ago. Obviously, another kid mm-hmm. from the area. Was he somebody that you knew well and? Had you talked to him, and you know what? What were the relationships like for you beyond the coaching staff, but maybe with some of the players that were on this roster currently? Um, with Don, um, I actually, I actually didn't know him before he committed, but um, we've talked since um, he's committed, and you know we're building our relationship. Um, so I'm excited to be able, you know, share the backcourt with him. That's cool. Um, did, did I know. You? I mean, a couple of the guys um, on the team. I don't know them very well. I'm sure I'll probably get to know them very well pretty soon, but I'm just excited to be able to, you know, build that chemistry with all of my teammates. 
your style of play um, is it is is on ball point guard like possessions go through you is that what Maryland fans should be expecting as you arrive if I gotta keep saying it the right way if you arrive in College Park this fall um, yeah you know, I feel like um, Coach Willis' playing style um, that really fit my game I feel like I fit his play style so um, you know just being able to uh, you know, just show what I can do, um, you know, at the point guard position, being able to get my teammates involved and, you know, also create for myself. What are the priorities for you for what you want to improve upon? If you're going to hold on another year before you make the jump to the pro level, what are the things, Jameer, that you say, I want to accomplish? Obviously, you want to win games and, and get Maryland basketball to where you want it to get. But personally, what are the goals for you? Hey, I'd still like this to be even better for when I do make this leap to the pros a year from now. Um, yeah, like you said, definitely winning. Um, but definitely setting individual goals also. Um, I want to be the, one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, first team Big Ten, stuff like that. So, you know, just taking it day by day and working, working towards those goals um, is really what I'm trying to do. I'm sure as you've gone through this process, you've you've heard doubters related to your size, right? I'm sure that that comes up regularly, which is hilarious because you are far bigger than the average human being is. But you know, this is this is the way it goes. Um, yeah. In what ways would you say size maybe does not define you? That that your game should not be reflected simply by the fact that you're listed as six one. Um, first, I mean, I would say my athleticism is. Left on, I have a almost a forty-two inch vertical. Um, that seems decent, by the way. That seems okay. <laughs> um, I would, I would say my quickness, um, being able to, you know, get past, you know, as you would say, bigger guys or you know, guys with better size. So um, I just feel like, at the end of the day, my skill and you know, just what I'm able to do is just be able to equal out everything. I mean, we can't wait to see it again, as long as it happens. Yeah. We can't wait to see it. <laughs> can't wait for that to be the case. Um, Jameer, you, you talk about the, the Kevin Willard thing. I, re- I really was impressed. You know, we didn't know Kevin Willard at all before he came to Maryland. But, like, his, his honesty was, was really refreshing. Um, what yeah. was it about him that jumped out at you on a personal level? Beyond the, the style of play and what you could do, what was it about him and his staff on a personal level that made you say, yeah, I only got one more year. If if I'm doing this, these are the people that I want to spend it with. Yeah, you know, I feel like they're just real genuine people. I'm really close with Tony Skin on the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like his confidence in me was, you know, on a different level. Um, I, that was big for me. I felt like I could trust him, and that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, that goes a long way, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is you're putting your you know, your pro future potentially in their hands. Is something that yeah, you want to sure. do. You know, a lot of people would say, hey, when a new coach comes along, it's going to take some time before a program is going to have that opportunity to win at a high level, right? Um, although we just saw Iowa State, for example, a year ago after a miserable season. I mean, Maryland wasn't even that bad last year. The Iowa State was dreadful the, the previous year, and they turned around and made a run to the second weekend. What makes you believe that, that a new staff and a new group of guys can hit the ground running and you can succeed as a team this season as well? Um, just, I just feel like everything is going to be, you know, newer, new players, um, new style of play. 
I feel like we can put that together and really do something special this year. We like the sounds of it. We uh, From your lips to God's ears, my man. May that <laughs> prove to be the case. And, Jameer, what do we need to know about you personally, right? Like, what do we need to know? Obviously, basketball. But, like, give me mm-hmm. – if, if you get a night and you don't have to worry about hoops or you got your workout in, like, what does life look like for Jameer Young? Um, <laughs> it's hard to say because I'm – Usually playing basketball every day, really. <laughs> but um, I'm a big, I'm a big family guy. So I like spending time, you know, with my family, close friends. Um, that's really, that's really pretty much it. Okay, you, yeah, like, are you, are you a music guy at all? Do you? Oh do you, yeah, I'm a big music guy. Okay, do, do you have, do you have bars yourself? Uh, nah, not really. A okay. little bit. I play around a little bit. Okay, <laughs> but like you're not gonna be raising. You know they've got it. They've got a recording studio in the football facility at Maryland. You won't be like oh, racing really? over to drop anything in the recording studio. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be racing, but I'll peek my head in there. Okay, I dig that. I dig that. Give me something, Jameer, before we let you go. Give me something that we should be listening to. Give me something that, that maybe you've been using as you're getting ready for workouts, something that we should be mm-hmm. listening to. Um, I'll give you this. Um, How Did I Get Here by Davies. Okay. His, his newest album, nine songs. Um, All of them are hits, so. That's I dig I it. Say. I dig it. I like that, man. All right, Jameer, yeah. uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that. Where can we be giving you a follow, man? Um, Instagram, for sure. Um, Jameer Young, but instead of the I, it's the one. Okay. That makes yeah. it simple. That keeps it simple. Just switch yeah, out exactly. the I for a one, and you can follow him there. And uh, it's at fly with two Ys, Mir underscore on Twitter, correct? Yep, yep. Give him a follow there as well. Jameer, obviously, we're, we're, we're hoping, selfishly, like, we, we want well for you, but selfishly, we're hoping that this works out, that you decide that you're going to spend this year with us here in Maryland. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time for us. If we do get to see you here, we can't wait to get to know you better and see you on the floor, man. Appreciate you spending nah, a couple of minutes nah. chatting. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. That's Jameer I appreciate Young. it. Sorry about that. That's Jameer Young. Of course, the um, Charlotte transfer, who we think is going to come to the University of Maryland, but still keeping his name in the NBA draft process. and um, You know, would would obviously go a long way to helping uh, Kevin Willard and trying to establish something. It's so difficult in, in a first season. Now, d- d- Kevin Willard's credit, he's kept the pieces that were important that were at Maryland, he's kept those pieces together. I know, ironically, I don't know if you guys saw, but Kadis Wahab is going to go back to Georgetown which is weird. I mean, like, that is super weird, but that's the era that we're in. It didn't work out for Wahab at Maryland. He says, maybe I'll, maybe the grass was, was actually greener where I had been before. So he's going to go back to uh, Patrick Ewing's program. It would go a long way um, for Kevin Willard in trying to lay a foundation of any sort this season to have Jameer Young on the floor for his team. We will see how that plays out. When we come back in, we are going to catch up with Brent Urban, who's back in Baltimore and a Raven again, which is very cool. Um, Neat how that worked out, both he and Michael Pierce coming back this season. We're going to do that next. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. (laughs) 
sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxonline sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports the toyota tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines you can choose the perfect toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein are going to do a Tuesday night show for you this week, catching up with former UMBC and Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Don Zimmerman, who's been working for ESPN as an analyst during the NCAA tournament. You won't want to miss it. That's tonight, facebook.com slash Sports. And if you miss it live, you'll be able to see it tomorrow, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Former Ravens running back Tyson Williams is a new home. He's been signed by the Colts. Uh, wish him well. I don't have anything else to say about it. I, it's, I, I, maybe he'll make the team. Who knows? I, I, I don't know what else there is to say. What Do you have something to, you want to, like I mean, to say about I, Tyson Williams? I guess you know he'll, he'll be backing up Jonathan Taylor, so... He'll, he'll learn from he, one of the best running but, backs. But he won't. There's, they, they've got other running backs. Marlon Mack's still there? I don't think Mack is still there. Naheem Hines, I believe, oh, yeah, is Naheem still Hines. there. Naheem Hines. Yeah. Uh, let me take might, a look. Uh, let me take, take a look. Because Hines, Hines still is uh, returning, so might need him. Uh, I, I mean, maybe, but I just don't know what makes anybody think that Tyson Williams is an NFL running back. I've never understood that. Like, it, it's eternally what we, what we do is 
We see something in preseason football, and because we forget that that's not real, that's not a thing, we convince ourselves that it means something. And I, no matter how many times I sit here and say, stop watching, stop looking at preseason football, it's actually making you dumber. You are a worse football fan for watching preseason football because you see something and you think, well, that's a thing. It is not. There is nothing real about preseason football. It is not a sign of something. You cannot read more into it. You cannot learn anything. None of those things. Yeah, I have a bad memory. I just I thought he did a lot more last year than he did. He only had 185 yards. He most certainly did not. And that was you know, we kept saying people, why well, I don't understand why they don't let Tyson Williams run. I assure you it's not because they know he's really good and they're just preventing him from getting on the field. I know we like to believe those things because again, we spent time watching preseason football, so we want to think that our time was justified and that we learned something. We did not. Most certainly did not. Oh, I forgot they signed Philip Lindsay too. Yeah. Colston? Yep. Okay. Stocking up on running backs. Maybe they don't trust something about Taylor? No, it's just you, you, these guys. Tyson Williams doesn't matter. He's a body. You can let him run around during OTAs. He's not a real thing. He's not an actual NFL player. Not yet. I mean, I maybe one day he'll prove to be. I. Uh, anyway, sorry. Spent way too much time talking about Tyson Williams. Let's talk to a guy who really is an NFL player. Brent Urban is back with the Baltimore Ravens, and he joins us now here on GCR. Well, this is cool, man. It has been a little while, but I am happy he is back. He's always been good to us. Joining us now here on GCR, a Baltimore Raven once again. We welcome back Brent Urban to Baltimore, and he is with us now here on the program. Brent, it's Glenn. It's so good to chat with you again, man. So cool how this worked out. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Absolutely, man. I'm excited. Yeah, great to be back and uh, good to be talking to you. Dude, tell me how this came about. Like, tell me when this was on your radar that it could work out and, like, were you as kind of giddy about it as, like, honestly, I, I, and no offense to you, I'm not trying to make it seem like you, you're not a great player, but, like, you know, you're not Ray Lewis. But yet, the city of Baltimore seemed to be pretty fired up about the news that you were coming back here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, um, you know, my agent kind of mentioned it as a possibility, um, honestly, not too long ago, like within a week ago. And, um, you know, as soon as I heard Ravens, you know, I was excited and brought up all the memories kind of years past and, um, you know, just the great times I had here. So, yeah, it was super exciting. Um, you know, after looking at social media and that, all that kind of stuff after I signed, I was I definitely was surprised with the how much positive uh, <laughs> kind of cheering and, you know, like all the great messages were. Um, you know, I'm a low-key guy, so it was, it was nice to see. Obviously, you know, I'm a, a run-stopper and don't get much of the glory. So, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, wasn't expecting that a whole lot. But, you know, it was great to be kind of embraced by, by Baltimore and, you know, it's a place I love with tons of memories. So, yeah, it was great. What was the best thing that, like, the thing that molded you the most during your time here, you know, starting in 14, that, that run from 14 to 18, that you carried with you? What was the biggest impact that Baltimore made on your life during your first tenure with the Ravens? Um, A lot, man. Like, I guess probably the biggest thing is just overcoming, like, adversity, all those injuries I kind of mm-hmm. had early on. Um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to cut it in the league. It was, 
you know, a whole lot with an ACL right away. And then I uh, tore my bicep the next year. Um, you know, I just had to learn how to kind of get through that stuff and not worry about it. And, you know, kind of the support system here and Coach Harbs and um, Ozzy and Eric and, you know, all the support I kind of had getting back from that, man, was um, – it was huge for me, and um, oh, you you good? I, I didn't know if there was something going sorry. on there. It sounded like there was something happening yeah. in the background. I didn't know if it was a problem. <laughs> yeah, you might want to cut this. Sorry, this, it's uh, how are you different? In in what ways are you different than the guy that we last saw here in 2018? Um, man, I guess a lot of things. Really, I think the number one thing that sticks out is probably I'm a I'm a much smarter player. Um having to kind of adapt to new schemes and, um, you know, different fronts and kind of different defenses really where, um, you know, wasn't the greatest fit for me, honestly. Um, it kind of allowed me to just become a more versatile player. Um, like I have snaps from Chicago where I was playing like zero nose and, mm. you know, I've played probably every single technique that exists on a defensive front at this point And, um, kind of learn to excel in that kind of position where, you know, I'll fit in kind of wherever the defense needs me and um, play quality snaps. So I think just versatility and just knowledge of the game has gone up a tremendous amount since my first time here. And, of course, we also know you're plenty capable of blocking a kick from time to time, too. We also we got a, we got a few memories of some of the abilities of you doing that from back in the day. Um, Brent Urban is with us here on GCR. Brent, the, you know, the way, obviously, a lot's changed, right? Like, it's not, all the same guys aren't in the locker room, although, you know, the quarterback that arrived late in your tenure is still here, and that's pretty exciting. What is it about this franchise? Now that you've been out for a few years, did it give you, we we hear constantly about how things are different in Baltimore, and it's not the same in every place, and I know you're not going to disparage any of the other places that you've been, but... Did you get a feel for that, and was any amount of that part of what made this interesting to you coming back here? Yeah, I think, you know, the the Ravens have shown, like, a loyalty to guys who have played there before, and, um, you know, they always kind of bring in vets that really kind of help round out the roster every single year. You know, since I was there, since I was there my rookie year, you know, you kind of, there's always these older guys who have kind of been there before or had some connection to the team where, you know, they're able to kind of bring in that leadership and um, kind of help take the team to the next level. So I think um, just once a Raven, always a Raven. There's, you know, guys like Tony Jefferson I look at, Anthony mm. Levine, you know, mm. a lot of familiar faces that were – Josh Bynes, I think, was there my rookie year. So, yeah, just they, they kind of bring back and take care of their own, you know, and um, kind of find guys to – to bring back to just add to the team so it's kind of that great sense of loyalty and family and kind of all those values and stuff that i really appreciate and um you know factored into my decision to come back i know mike mcdonald was here but he wasn't necessarily working with your group when you were here did you get to know him at all um like did you i mean i'm sure you were aware of him but did you know him at all and 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 what is it? Is it kind of weird for you knowing now? Like this is who your coordinator turned out to be. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool, man. When you've kind of when you've been around long enough, where you know you see guys kind of work up the ladder and um, come into you know very important roles. And seeing uh, seeing his rise, I think he was a linebacker assistant when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, I did get to know him really well. Yeah, he's been a great guy always and kind of knew he had a bright future. And um, Yeah, to see his rise is, is great, man. It's it's exciting. It's great to have a, a young coordinator with a ton of energy and um, kind of bring something new to the table. So, yeah, I'm super excited to to see him again and excited to see kind of what, what, what wrinkles he kind of brings to this defense. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's really cool that you guys had that relationship. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the newsmaker in the family, Brent. Is is your wife gunning for Adam Schefter's job now at this point? Like, how's how's that going to work moving forward? Do you, do you have to start to tell some of your teammates, hey, like you might need to might need to let the Urban family know so we can be the first to report it moving forward. There's an expectation now that my wife is going to be the one breaking the news. That's right. Yeah, I think like. We need we need some scoops here, so I think you know if any guys have anything, I'm gonna I'll lay it down kind of first day. You know, if you have any any big moves you want to announce, anything like that, you know, we got a we got an outlet here, the unbiased outlet close to the team. So yeah, no, it's fun, man. She's a good time on uh, social media, and um, you know, it's a great time interacting with the fans and all that kind of stuff, and. You know, it's great, so it's always fun to see her kind of, you know, just interact with people and, you know, do the little announcements and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty it's cool. fun. It's cool. And also, I like the fact that it's a source we can trust, right? Like, whereas a lot of times we see something on Twitter, we're like, mm, I don't know, I'm going to need somebody else to report it. This one, we were actually quite confident that we could believe that that was the case exactly. when she reported Exactly, yeah, you know it's not a lie, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh reputable source for sure uh do you want to talk about the maple leafs at all or do you just want to kind of move on i mean yeah like <laughs> i'm not as disappointed as years past about the leafs i will say really tampa bay yeah tampa bay looks like a heck Dude. of a team man you see Dude. what they're doing to the florida panthers right now and um you know, gives you a little hope for the future. We took them to seven games. Yes, we should have finished it, but, you know, I think the history of how we've played in elimination games is tough and it hurts and is, isn't is fun to bring up. But, you know, I think there's there's a little bit of, like, positives you can kind of glean from what what happened. So, you know, it is what it is. We're used to, as a Leafs fan, we're used to misery. So, you know, it's nothing, nothing too new. So, you know, we'll... We'll get over it and oh, just keep cheering them on, man. That's rough. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like – it's in a weird way, it sounds somewhere between, like, you know, pleasantly Canadian, which is, like, you guys are just so nice that, like, you don't <laughs> – but then it, like, it moves into, like, the territory of damn near depressing. Like, oh, yeah, it's it's how it always <laughs> is. We're always going to be losers. Like, man, that is rough. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad, but it's, it's okay. We'll, uh, we'll oh, manage. <laughs> you're so right about the lightning. Button. And I – and I hate to say this to you, like I definitely before that series said, what what are we doing here? Like, the Lightning are the two-time defending Cup champs, and they were playing really well coming into the playoffs, and yet they mm-hmm. like. And I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a betting man myself. They were sitting at like a, eleven to one to win the Stanley Cup. I'm like, I think I might go ahead and throw a couple of bucks on the team that knows how to do it, winning the Stanley Cup again. A hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're an absolute. They're you know gunning to be a dynasty. To do that in hockey is just insane. All the crazy bounces and stuff that happens, and you know it's one of the toughest sports to just to go three straight, not even two straight. So yeah, it's 
that was a tough draw for the Leafs. Once I saw we had them first round, I was worried instantly. So, so, yeah. so tell me how this works for Canadian fans. Like, do you then sort of embrace, like, hey, I kind of would like it. I would like to see the Cup finally come back uh, to uh, north of the border. So if it's not going to be my team, I'll root for whoever wins the Edmonton-Calgary series. Or if it's not your team, does it just not matter to you at all who ends up hoisting the Cup? Yeah, I'm like I'm just enjoying the games at this point. I think it would be good to see a Canadian team make it. Um, that would be kind of special. I think the Calgary Edmonton series is the series I'm I'm watching every game of. The other series I'll watch, you know, if it's on or whatever. But I, I'm making a point to kind of watch that series, not only for the rivalry, but yeah, I think it it would be nice to see a Canadian okay. team uh, raise the cup. So I think, yeah, I think a little bit, but at the same time, you know, it's uh. I'm a Maple Leaf fan through and through, so it's you know it's reluctantly cheer cheer on, you know. I hear it. it's it's, it's not going to mean as much, but it would still be. Mm-hmm. I get it's been a long time. It's been a really long time since. Oh yeah, North. oh yeah. By the way, if I'm getting <laughs> nine to six games I, every night, I would I would watch every game. My God, that series has been so insane, just wild. So good, right? So like, good. It's been incredible. Uh, Brent, I know how involved you were. I mean, you were always a guy doing my calls, my cleats, and getting involved with various groups. I know you did show your soft side. Like, is is there something as you come back to Baltimore, you say, I really want to do this again now that I'm back, or I want to get hooked up with these folks again now that I'm back? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, you named it. Like, uh, show your soft side. They've done great things, you know, while I was here last, and um, I've done a great job. Uh, my wife's, like, super, super involved with, the kind of the animal shelters where um, we live in Nashville in the off season. So she's heavily involved with the organization there, Wags and Walks, that all also um, make That's it cool. out to, you know, there's some events or donate or that kind of thing. So I think, um, you know, dog shelters is a, is a great cause. And one, we kind of, we kind of, you know, keep our eyes on type of thing. So, I think I'll I'll definitely be involved to show your soft side and awesome. look forward to collaborating with them in the future. I've been even more involved with them in the last couple of years. I actually was the MC for Project Runway this year, Brent, and I wore a, oh, were you? I, awesome. yeah, I wore a blazer. Yeah, I remember I had a great time there. Dude, I wore a blazer that was like Christmas cats all over it. Nice. And it got all sorts <laughs> of love. Like literally people just coming up, can I just take a picture with you? I was just they had no idea who I was. They're like, Hey random that's person awesome. that's wearing a cool blazer. Can you you do it. Su- it's such a great group, and that's so cool. I'm, I'm so excited that you'll get hooked back up with them. Um, Absolutely. And, and then I, you know, I guess like now the the goal is like winning a Super Bowl, right? Like that's the part that's unspoken. You've you've done so many things. You stayed in the league for a while. You've 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 made some money. You've accomplished things. But like n- now it's time to go win a Super Bowl, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think. That was obviously a factor, too, in my decision. You know, you want to go to a good team. and um, You know, Ravens have always been on my radar, not only just because I played here before, but because, you know, they've been a like a vastly ascending team and have done a really great job um, the past couple of years. So, you know, I think it's a team that has a ton of talent. It's a young team, and it's a team that's poised to make a run. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I've played in... I think I've lost in the first round every time I made the playoffs, Oof. and that goes the last three times I made the playoffs. So Oof. definitely looking to to make a run here, you know, as my career kind of winds down. So that's definitely 
very important thing and you know i think we have a great shot here that's cool man and how about you like you might pierce comes back too at the same time like such a cool thing mm-hmm. it's such a cool thing the way it's worked out all right uh yeah, awesome. brent urban remind me twitter uh I, I if i remember correctly urban legend 96 correct yep at urban legend 96 on uh twitter and instagram there, excellent so. Give him a follow there. Dude, it's so cool. So cool that this works out that you're back here. You've always been an an awesome guy in this community. And um, as you pointed out, there's a lot of people that are really excited about having you back here in Baltimore. Can't wait to see you out there in Owings Mills. Thank you as always taking the time for us, Brent. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It was great talking. That's Brent Urban. Good dude. Um, Really kind of remarkable career he has carved out for himself as a guy that was just not guaranteed of anything when he first got into this league was someone that uh, could have burnt out quickly. Fourth-round pick. Instead, here we are all these years later. He's coming back to Baltimore and um, looking to try to. And, look, I appreciate him recognizing he's moving into his 30s. He knows he doesn't doesn't have forever left in this league, but – Thinks he's got a great shot at making one more run towards the Super Bowl and, um, you know, a, a very helpful depth piece for the Baltimore Ravens along the defensive line. Great to have Brent Urban back and definitely someone who was very active and very involved in the community. And he and his wife will uh, <clears throat> be very welcome, not just with um, my friends at Show Your Soft Side, but everybody that they have impacted in the Baltimore region. So very cool to have Brent Urban back here. All right, we're winding down for our per- portion of today's show. And then we turn it over to those jerks that do simply the bets. Those weirdos will come in and do that show. Tidbit is brought to you today by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, which is the place to be for all of the incredible events coming up. Think about the next seven days. Think about NBA, NHL playoffs. Think about the Champions League final. Gervonta Davis, Rolando Romero. You don't want to order the pay-per-view way too much, but you can be there in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and you can watch it, and you can bet on their 61 self-service kiosks, and then you can come back the next day, and you can do the same for the Indianapolis 500. So much happening. The place to be, the place to bet, the place to win some money. Have you heard? There's a little thing going on called the French Open. Not sure if you're familiar. Getting a little choked up because Joe Willie Songa. Man, he looked good to start the day. He was up. Not only did he win the first set, so this was Joe Willie Songa announced this was his final. um, The the French Open would be his final career tournament. In front of his home fans. And he was up on Casper Root. He won the first set. He was up in the second set in a tie break. Chance to go up two sets to love. And even after he dropped the second and third sets, in the fourth set, he was ahead again. But he got hurt. His body literally could not hold up, and he ends up losing, and now it's quite the emotional scene in Paris as they celebrate him after his final career match. But the French Open, I I did. I got froggy. I put a couple bucks on Joe Willie. I said, why not? Why not? Got great odds. But everything else, Alex Molkan came through me big time today. I needed that one. That finished off a nice parlay that I had going yesterday that the rain's kind of wiped out. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm up. You can bet on all of that. And the French Open starts at 5 a.m. every day, so you can, despite the fact that the sports book itself is not open yet, you can use those 61 self-service kiosks because they're open 24-7, and you can bet on all of these events in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 
going to get a little teared up watching this ceremony for Joe Willie Sanga, man. My tidbit's going to cheer you up. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, okay. it's your okay. show now. All right, cool. So two home runs last night versus the Orioles. Aaron Judge, he passed Ken Griffey Jr. and Robinson Cano on the list of home runs against the Orioles all time. So since since they've been in Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles. I was trying to share, and um, <clears throat> Twitter would not allow me to. I, I After Aaron Judge hit another home run, I went back and found video of Gary Thorne flipping out about them pitching oh, yeah. to Gliber Torres a couple years ago, and I sent out a tweet that said, reached out to Gary Thorne for comment about the Orioles pitching to Aaron Judge. And unfortunately, the moment that I posted it, Twitter said, oh, no, 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 because it was sharing video of the MLB is so hardcore about you not using their video that the moment I tried to post a video that involved an MLB highlight, Twitter shut my account down. Wow. And said, now, they were very clear. They were like, you can have it back. As soon as you delete this, and I was like, "Well, you know what I'll do? I'll go ahead and delete." It was it was a fun idea, but it wasn't going to work. Uh, this is hang on, I think I've got it. This is the audio of uh, of Gary Thorne. Oh man, come on! Oh, for Pete's sake, there's something playing in the background. Why wouldn't that be the case? Why wouldn't there be some random thing playing in the background? Let me see if I can pull it up and uh, uh, see if. It's Gary Thorne reacting to Aaron Judge was the bit that I was going to do. Here's Gary Thorne's comments about Aaron Judge. Of course, that was really about Glybar Torres a few years ago. Get him out of there. Don't throw to him. I've never seen anything like Put it. Put up four fingers. I've never seen anything I mean, like it. To, he is to be fair, uh, Aaron Judge is... <laughs> Aaron Judge is killing everyone this year. Yes, it's not a Glybar so, Torres yeah. situation where he's he's putting up a season's worth of statistics against the Orioles and <laughs> and then sucking against everyone else. No, Aaron Judge obviously is having great success about uh, against everyone. You're not wrong about that. Go ahead. All right. So Griffey and Cano, they both have uh, they both have yeah had 31 because I guess they're both not in the league anymore. So Judge now has 32. That puts him only at. I believe Cano second. technically is still in the league. Is he is suspended? He, or? Well, he just got. No, he just got He's signed done. by the Padres, right? Uh, that's right. The Mets waved him. Right. So I, I mean, he's not, he's not on a roster at, the, or he's not on a major league roster at the moment. But okay, so Cano I mean, I don't, I don't still know, has a unless chance. Unless he is, I don't know. Maybe he is. Cano could still have a chance technically to hit a home run against the Orioles. Okay. Judge sits at twenty second all time on the home runs list with thirty two. So a lot of home runs have been hit against the Baltimore Orioles. So yeah, yeah, but he's on the, he's on the team. Cano is is playing. He's the, with the Padres. With the Padres. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that got me thinking about Orioles killers, uh, you know, specifically ah, via the long okay. ball. So, Glenn, my question: Who has hit the most home runs against the Orioles since since they've been the Baltimore Orioles, nineteen fifty four? Um, I'm looking for the top seven. I think you should be able to get all those seven. Okay. Um, David Ortiz. Yes, he is third with fifty five. Not when he faced Brian Mattis, though. Um. How about Jose Bautista? Not top seven. Bautista Ed- has, I wrote it down. Okay. He has 30. Edwin Arncarnacion. Uh, not top seven. He, I thought I wrote him down. He's, how about, he's top 20, though. How about Alex Rodriguez? There you go, number one, off the board. 69 home runs. Jesus has Christ. Killed the Orioles. I did not know it was that many. I know. Uh, how about... 
Oh God! Now and Carnacion has thirty six against the O's. All right, that's that's about right. How about? Because you're trying to think of specifically power hitters from those. How about Nomar? No, Garcia Parra. No. Yeah. Well, no. I, there's another Nomar somewhere. Nomar Jones. Nora Jones's brother. No, I don't. And I, he was one of the people I don't know. I looked up like several guys that I thought you might guess. I didn't th- see you guessing him, so I don't know how many uh, he's hit. How about Glybar Torres? Glybar Torres is no, not I, top. I, seven. I know it's not Glybar <laughs> Torres. I was kind of doing. He's it only hit there. sixteen. Yeah. I, I, well, that guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, that guy's no good. Um. How about? God. It, there is one active player in the top seven. There's an active player? In the, is it Aaron Judge? It is not, no. He's 22nd. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. And we, we're going to have to we're end up having to make way for uh, the, the other show. This might be a... Uh, I'm surprised I'm not doing better with this, but I'm... I'm inevitably, see, you're going to start... The should L- I be thinking specifically of power hitters, or like is Derek Jeter uh, somehow I mean, on yeah, this list? I mean, that's the Yan- What's a big Yankee power hitter? A big Yankee power hitter that from, I haven't... From the 50s and 60s. Oh, I got to go way back. Well, if it, yeah, since 54. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, you just... The un- the balance... Who's the, who's the MLB logo? What? Who Who's the MLB logo, like, mo- modeled after? Joe DiMaggio? No. Mickey Man- I actually don't know the answer no. to that question. Who that is, is it? It's Harmon Killebrew. He has 68. Harmon Killebrew is the MLB logo? Yeah. I didn't know that at all. And he has 68 home runs against the Orioles. Well, that's he's not the a Yankee, though. No, no, no. He's not the one. I right. was trying to... I, I, yeah. switched, like, I switched gears with it. I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea why. Since I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, this is really weird. Um, now, back to the Yankee hitter. You should know him. And it's not Mantle... It is. It is uh, I said Mantle. You, you said him? I did. Okay, that's my fault. My bad. You're my good. bad. All right, All right so you top four. Just give me the list. Uh, we got to go. Uh, Mantle's at 50 at four. Yeah. Frank Thomas has 42. Okay. Evan Longoria has I 41. I should have gotten Longoria. I was going specifically American League East, really. Yeah. Was what that's, was that's, that's, yeah. I don't blame you for thinking that. Yeah. Um, Al line has 40 rounding out the top uh, Baltimore's seven. own Al line. Yeah. All right, very good. Jim Tomey at 32. Mm. Mm. And then he had like two for the Orioles. Yeah. Randall Gurchick has 21. Who? Randall Gurchick. Remember, he, he was killing us. Randall Gritchick? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he has 21. I know that. All right. All right. Very good. Miggy has 27. Okay. All right. We got Final it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That was a good tidbit, though. It was a good tidbit. I wish it was a day we had more time. We would have uh, dragged it out and done the whole thing. We just don't have enough time to do that today. Good tidbit. All right. Uh, Tubular brought to you today by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. As I mentioned, Orioles-Yankees game two on Masson, 7 o'clock. Bruce Zimmerman and Jordan Montgomery. Masson two, Dodgers-Nationals at 7. MLB Network, Cubs-Reds at 6.30. TBS, Brewers-Padres at 9.30. TNT, the Warriors trying to close out the Mavericks, 9 o'clock for game four of the Western Conference Finals. ESPN's got Hurricanes-Rangers game four at 7. Flames-Oilers game four at 9.30. Tennis Channel for coverage of the French Open right now. Uh, They're still uh, celebrating Joe Willie Songa at the moment. Uh, Francis Tiafo was in action day. He was up early on uh, Benjamin Bonzi, the Maryland native Francis Tiafo. NBC Sports Washington, Atlanta Dream, Washington Mystics at 7, the USA Network for WWE NXT at 8. All right. Highlights. Highlights. What you got? It's it's a slow night, but there is one. Yeah, I actually have no. Show. I have nothing that I. Yeah. yeah. It's a slow night, but there is one big show. The series finale of this is. Oh, us. I can't miss that. That's a great point. Yeah. That's not NBC's ground bear, ground groundbreaking yeah. drama. Yeah, concludes yeah, gonna, its six season. I'm run. probably gonna pass. Probably six gonna miss years, that one. Six years, one hundred 
106 episodes. Sure. This Is Us is coming to a cathartic end. Okay. That's what you got? That's pretty Nothing much. And then stick around on NBC uh, if you want to see Ewan, uh, Ewan McGregor on Fallon talk about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Oh, that's right. That starts this week. You're very excited about that. I am that. super You're excited. Very I'll mention, excited I'll mention it each day. It. You're very excited about it. I'm pretty excited. All right. Very that's good. Very good. Thanks today to uh, Brent Urban. Thanks also to Jameer Young and to Steve Johnson. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the... Uh, what? Oh, you actually... Oh, okay. so you're trying to sneeze your way through it? That's yeah. the idea? Yeah. I don't... I like the idea. The pollen was bad yesterday. I was thinking... Execution I was like, oh, obviously yeah. failed because you had your mic off, but I like the idea. I was ready. I was ready. I like the thought. All right. Uh, tab at glennclarkradio.com. Coming up on the program tomorrow, uh, we didn't get to do Patrick Stevens today, so we'll do that tomorrow. I believe Chelsea Janes from the Washington Post is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, Buck Britton, Norfolk Tides manager, I believe is going to join us tomorrow. And we're supposed to go to Bowie tomorrow. We got too much tomorrow. We got to we got to move some things around. We'll figure out we'll we'll figure out a way to make it all work. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including. Our friends at Royal Farms, Glory Days Grill, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin. Follow him at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Ryan. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you are with us on video, give us a minute. We'll be right back if you're with us on audio. Do nothing. Simply the Bets is next. Welcome in to Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass with you. Busy week, big events throughout the course of the week. In just a moment, Aaron Oster will join us from VEASAN out in Vegas. He'll tell us more about uh, some bets that he likes for the week. And then later on in the show, our friend Leon Twyman from the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He will check in with us, and he will go over... Just some things you should know before you come down to Live Casino and Hotel this week and get your bets in in the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's all coming up. Busy, busy, busy week. I keep referencing it. There's no better place to be for all of these events than in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel where you will be able to watch and bet all of these events, including the Indianapolis 500, including the Rolando Romero-Gervonta Davis fight, including the UEFA Champions League final, including the NBA and NHL playoffs. Reserve your spot to any or all of these events. You can get your table, you get your reclining chairs, whatever it is that you're looking for. Reserve your spot. 
by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Griffin, I know you're trying to send a tweet, but I do need you to call Aaron right now. We got it. This is doing. Griffin is. Uh, this is his first. Simply the bets as since taking over as producer. And as I constantly reminded him, there's just a lot going on. It's it, it gets frustrating. You're trying to do b- multiple things. A lot going on all at once when we do these shows. That's what makes the job complicated. But appreciate the uh, uh, Griffin trying to put some hard work in as um, he has taken over this week as the new producer for Glenn Clark Radio. And that, of course, also means our ancillary programs like Simply the Bets. I am enjoying betting the French Open this week. I did, as I mentioned on my show, I did attempt to um, get a little froggy, steal a couple of bucks on Joe Willie Songa. Felt good for a second, but that wasn't meant to be. Other than that, so far so good for your boy. Alex Molkan was an important one for me to help me out in a bunch of different parlays and making some money. Let's find out what our friend Aaron Oster thinks about all of the various events going on this week. He will give us his five L's out at VEASAN in Vegas. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Um, I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, would have been a lot better if Zalatoris had actually won, mm. but, you know, was able to hedge mm. off that towards the end. Mm. So, made some money. Wait, how did you hedge? Wait, 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 why did you hedge off? Of it? At what point would you have hedged off Zalatoris? Well, I mean, I got Zalatoris at a huge number. Well, I, I can't remember exactly the number I gave him at uh, last week on the show. Yeah. I had him at 47 to 1 here in town. So, going into the playoff, I bet about 25% of my winning, what I would have won, that Justin Thomas would win. I mean, okay. I mean, like, that's, 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 I, sure, I guess I get the theory, right? And I understand that. Yes, I, I, I won money. I money hear you. Good. I, well, so I hear you, but, I mean, Zalatoris, you could have won more money if Zalatoris had won. That's a difficult. But he didn't. I, I, Aaron, I understand. It's just a difficult <laughs> thing for someone to make that decision when you're literally in a playoff and a guy has a 50-50 chance of winning a tournament. It's a difficult thing to say, well, I could give up a part of a lot of money in order to make sure I win a little money. That's a very difficult move to make. Yes, it turned as it turns out, it paid off for you. But if Zalatoris had won, you probably would have felt quite stupid about said decision. Still would have won a decent amount of money. When it, it, at least it's obviously there's a we we actually over the past twenty four hours have had a big conversation about it because a number of people at the network uh, did have tickets on Zalatoris. Some people hedged, some people didn't, and it's just kind of about. A, how much money you're about to make versus how much money you'd want to make, honestly. Um, for me, I'd rather take a, you know, make sure I get a little bit of money than, you know, yeah, it would be annoying if I lost yeah. lost the 25%. Yeah. But, again, I, I had it at 47 to 1. Now, if I had it at 8 to 1 or something like that, I probably don't hedge off. Just right. cause, uh, you know, right. I, I'm cutting in too much of my profit right. there. Right. But right. 47 to 1, yeah. Very good. I don't even remember. Unfortunately, uh, as we've we've got a new producer, I forgot to tell Griffin he's got to go back and and double check, uh, pull the curtain back. I, I, I did. I did hit my local. My local was the uh, the over hits on the Orioles last week. Okay, so you got that. that. Game. Yep. I got that, and my love was the Dylan C strikeouts. Which oh also, yeah, that uh, did hit. Through. Yes, that's right. That did hit. All right, very good. Let's get into this week's five L's. Ken, we're hoping they're not five losses, and we know last week they were not five losses. There were already a couple winners in there. Aaron uh, gives us a local, a long-term, a long shot, a loser, and a love bet for the week. We begin locally. What you got for us? 
you know, I could have just gone back to the Orioles well, and that's probably what I will be doing for most of this summer, so I wanted to get a little bit more uh, frisky here, do something a little bit different. And while there's not necessarily another sporting event you can bet on in Baltimore, there is a Baltimore athlete you can bet on this week. Mm. I'm looking at the Javante Davis Davis, yes. And this one's a little bit tricky because I don't want to give you guys huge favorites. I can't give you the minus 1,300 money line. I can't even give you Davis by knockout at minus 330, even though I think that's going to come through. And if you want to throw that into parlays, I'm not going to fault you at all. But there is one uh, bet that jumps out to me. And there was a stretch earlier in his career where, you know, Tick was looking to go out and just kill his opponent as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. A lot of first and second round knockouts. But that's not how he's been fighting his fights. Been a little bit more Floyd Mayweather-like since he got into the Mayweather camp, huh? Exactly. He's been gauging his opponent. He's been wearing them down. And, yeah, he usually eventually gets the knockout, but that's not coming to later. His last four fights uh, have gone 12 rounds, 6 rounds, 11 rounds, and 12 rounds. And that's that's how I see this fight going as well. And FanDuel has some group pairings where you're basically betting on who wins, and then in the first half of the fight or the second half of the fight. So you can bet on uh, Davis to win between 7 and 12 rounds at plus 135. Okay. I really like that bet. Okay. I Certainly, I, I can see why you would. Um, I don't know enough about Rolando Romero to know whether or not this is just an opponent. Like, he, there's so many things that are going on here, right? Like, we know that Gervonta Davis can end a fight very quickly. He, despite yeah. his size... His power can be overwhelming. So one punch could end this fight very quickly. But yes, based on the recent track record, I could certainly see why that would be the place that you're looking for is, again, Gervonta Davis to win. For what it's worth, if you like him to win earlier, it's essentially the same odds. It's basically the same. It's plus 130 to win in rounds 1 through 6, plus 135 to win in rounds 7 through 12. But I, I understand, based on the recent track record, why it is that you want to go that way. Um, I I don't I don't hate it. I've actually got uh today, and it, I know they happen to just post it uh at uh, at live casino and hotels socials today. I've got a local bet that I've finally said I'm gonna buy a ticket. Aaron, I'm oh I've, oh I'm getting there. I've, Hold on. Oh Hold okay. On. All right. Fine. Fine. We'll save it. You, you want to go long shot? Is that where you want to go next? Yeah. Okay. Let's go with the long shot. Give me your long shot bet. You know we 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 talked about this a couple months ago. I brought this up as a. Uh, Long shot I was looking at, but not quite ready to pull the trigger. And boy, I'm ready to pull the trigger on yep. it. It's 60 to 1 at, uh, at FanDuel. Oh, at they, it went da- Damn it, it was 7 to 1 when I filmed the video. Crap. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. I mean, it might be, you know, it might be 70 to 1 there. But either way, um, what if I tell you I can give you a college baseball NCAA tournament team who is ranked third in the RPI? who is likely to host both a regional and a super regional, and I'm getting 60 to 1. That is the Maryland Terrapins. And look, I get it. Uh, There are some really, really good teams, including Tennessee in this field. But at 60 to 1 on principle, if you're giving me a top 8 protected seed, who, by the way, is really good, has really good starting pitching, has really good hitting, the only real bugaboo for them is the bullpen. But again, you're getting 60 to 1. Take that every time. Give me Maryland at sixty to one to win the College World Series. Uh, I, I I agree wholeheartedly. Again, I'm bummed because when I I pull the curtain back again, I unfortunately sometimes film these videos for live casino and hotel earlier, and I filmed this one 
yesterday, and they were like, we're going to hold it till, <laughs> till uh, noon tomorrow. And I'm like, all right, no problem. I did not see the odds moving this much. But still, I, I, I'm not changing my mind. Moving it to 61 does nothing for me. As Aaron pointed out, the number three RPI team in the country. In the country. And again, I'm not telling you I think Maryland's going to win the College World Series. I don't. I don't think that. What Aaron just said is my entire point. There is no reason why Maryland should have 60 to 1 odds to win the College World Series at this point. Um, do I think they're going to win? No. Do I think that a team that has never been there would even be able to break through and win the. Fr- no. I don't believe in any of those things. But. The odds are too juicy. They are way too juicy for me to not at least purchase the ticket, give yourself the option of perhaps selling the ticket at some point as this goes on. I I, I have to hold this ticket. I have to have a Maryland College World Series ticket at six, even at sixty to one. At seventy one was even better, but even at sixty to one. That's way out of whack, man. Like that is that. I, I don't even know how that happens. I have well, to have it's, that. It's ticket. because it's Maryland, right? That's but, how it happens. But I, are the odds makers really that? I, I just feel like the data would be more important to the odds makers than the history of Maryland baseball. I mean, the the history of Maryland baseball certainly factors in, and and honestly, it's the fact that right now Tennessee is so overwhelming. Like I'm sure that anyone who's betting or has been betting over the past three months a lot, you know, any of the Smarter betters right. have just been betting Tennessee because Tennessee yeah, legitimately might right. have they're wagon. nine major it. leaguers. Yep. I get it. I completely get it. Um, so, so it's one of those things where just people aren't betting Maryland, so they're not going to move. Like they moved a little. Like look, it was one fifty, um, not that long ago for Maryland. Well, again, yesterday it was seventy. I'm telling. Right. You. Exactly. It might, so, it might be me who moved the odds. <laughs> From Maryland, exactly. But so, so I understand why the odds are the way they are. But it's just one of those situations where you can come in and get good value now. I'm, I'm completely with you. I am complete. I have to own that ticket. It's also the, the fun of it, right? Like that, you get to go on the ride with it. I, again, I don't think they're winning the College World Series, but I need the pleasure of holding that ticket. So I am with you on that one. Yeah. I, I don't think they're necessarily winning. Do I think they can get there and then you can do fun things with a 60 to one ticket yep. once they get to Omaha? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's where I am. All right. Uh, so I, I mean, I, technically that could have been your long-term bet too. Um, yeah. But what instead. I, I do have a, a long, yes, I do have a long-term. That's not quite as much of a long shot. Okay. And that's uh, going into college football. And I've been looking at this bet for a little while and, and, I'm pulling the trigger now. Uh, Caleb Williams at plus 850 to win the Heisman. Okay. Um, you know, you're, you're hearing a lot of people just firing away on USC to win the championship. I'm not there yet. I don't think their defense is good enough. I don't think just as a team they're ready to compete with Alabama, you know, the likes of Alabama and Ohio State. But I do think the offense might be good enough for Caleb Williams to win the Heisman. Obviously, Lincoln Riley's there. They just got Jordan Addison, quite possibly the best wide receiver in the country, uh, transferring. They're going to be throwing the ball, throwing the ball a lot. And one thing I really like is the way their schedule lays out because their last game of the season is against Notre Dame. High-profile game there. They should be able to uh, score a lot of points and then potentially going right into the Pac-12 championship. So you have two really high-profile games at the end of the season. You know how the Heisman voters can be swayed by a couple of big performances at the end of the season. 
So at 850, which uh, makes him the third favorite, I actually like this bet for Caleb Williams. Um, you know, I'm with you. Uh, of course, if if you if you had any balls at all, you go at 200 to one with Talia Tungavailoa uh, to win yeah. the Heisman Trophy. No, I I like it too. Obviously, what you're up against is Alabama. Could it could be like last year, where just the team that wins their games is the whoever's standing at that point, their quarterback will win the Heisman Trophy, and you know. I I don't I don't I don't see any reason to think that Alabama won't be away. I, I look, you know, I, I know we've gotten a lot of um, chatter with uh, Jimbo Fisher and all that this week. I have no reason to think that Alabama won't be a wagon again this year. Right. And and CJ Stroud is outstanding and is the favorite right now at two to one. But you know, Ohio State's always good for one just really puzzling performance during the course of the season, and that hurts you. It's just the Heisman Trophy is so tough to figure out at this point because it really has seemed to default to whoever is the best player on the team that is number one when the regular season comes to an end. It has been, or at least who's in the playoff. That that's kind of the one caveat there. If USC manages the way to win the Pac-12 and sneak into the playoff. They do tend to find the player who's just who's the best player remaining, and that was tricky last year because like there was outside you know that's kind of why it, it defaulted uh, Alabama. So, like every other good quarterback didn't make the college football playoff mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. This year, if Caleb Williams can again sneak into the playoff or even have right. a good season, right. like if they win, they have to win the Pac-12. They have to win the Pac-12. Then you can possibly start talking about I hear it. You. I hear you. All right, Aaron Oster is with us from uh, Vison out in Vegas. Let's get to the uh, the biggies. Let's get to the one that you just say. Whatever you do, do not make this bet. You know better. Shame on you. I'm gonna have to slap your little hand like you're my four year old. Do not touch the stove. It burns. Do not make this damn bet. So I'm using this to actually scold people because there are people making this bet and I don't understand it, and I really want to just line them all up and slap their hands. And if I can prevent anybody else from making this bet, then I'm doing a public service. What if I told you there was a second-year player getting more MVP money than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes combined? Mm. What do you think? Maybe I'm talking about Jamar Chase? Mm, okay. Maybe Najee Harris? Mm. What if I told you that I had to warn people about betting Trey Lance for what? MVP? What? Trey Lance at multiple sports books is one of the biggest MVP bets to the point where right now at FanDuel, he's 40 to 1 to win MVP. Where is this coming from? I have no idea. This makes absolutely, he might not even start week one. Like, let's be very clear about that. And is this yet, like a, money. Is this like a Taylor Hicks thing? Is that like some, like a Howard Stern bit? Where, like, they're getting people to go make bets to, like, inflate. Like, what? what is that? I have no idea. And, look, if it, if it didn't correspond with the just huge line movement, I would be like, okay, maybe there's someone just, you know, putting out false information or something. But, no, I mean, you look at it. He's 40 to 1. He's right there with Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. And not that those guys are, are great, but there's actually a path where those guys can win the MVP, and there's not really a path where Trey Lance can win an MVP. So yeah, my loser. Don't bet Trey Lance to win that's the MVP. That's insane. I mean, that's. I mean, look, he's still on the fifteenth choice. Let's not oversell 
like where Trey Lance is, but yes, to your point that he should Trey Lance should not be the fifteenth. I I, I am I am still in agreement with you about that. I don't think he should be in the top thirty of MVP options going into the season. That is that is really weird, man. That is really weird. All right, and finally, what is the bet? The bet that you say, whatever you do, race. Get to the FanDuel Sportsbook. Hop. I, I know you're not supposed to hitchhike, but do it if you must. Take a ride with a stranger who looks creepy and might murder you. It's worth the risk in order to get there and make this bet. It's the bet that you love. Yes, I'm going with uh, my fifth different sport in the 5L today. Like so that. I'm going like with uh, NBA playoffs. And uh, I like there's a prop I like tonight, and that's uh, Reggie Bullock over two and a half threes. And some yeah, people are going to look at last had a real rough night the other night. Well, here's the funny thing about it. Yes, he had a rough night. Yes, those shots weren't falling. But he was taking a lot of shots. And when I'm looking at props like this, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the volume as much as whether, you know, because whether or not it hits can be kind of random from game to game. But the volume a lot of times can be consistent. He took 10 shots. He took seven threes in that last game. And, yeah, they didn't fall. But if, they, if he keeps shooting at that clip, you know, just based on his averages, those shots are going to fall. Um, you know, he took 10 threes in, each, in uh, each of the two games prior, went over two and a half uh, threes in each of those games. And I think, you know, just especially in this game, I think he continues to fire away. I think that's their path to success is, hitting from the perimeter. So if you tell me that he's going to get over seven threes, over ten threes attempts uh, in these next in, in the game tonight, I think he is going to get over two and a half threes. Right. So that is my best bet. That could have been a local one too. Baltimore native Reggie Bullock mm-hmm. tonight to make. Although, I don't mean they just, the, the Mavs appear so defeated, man. Like, I am so turned off by the body language and like literally the comments that were made. And, like, that Luka Doncic wasn't – Luka Doncic got asked, like, eight questions about the dunk and at no point said something like, hey, I'd rather not talk about it. Like, he just sort of acted like, you know, I get it. It's over for us. Let's have some fun and talk about how cool the dunk was. Like, I would have liked for him to at least have been pissed off. Like, hey, maybe stop going on about when I got posterized worse than anyone in the history of basketball. <laughs> maybe not. They just – they all – they seem so damn defeated, dude. All right, those are the five L's. Aaron, what's going on with VEASAN right now? Of course, check out uh, VEASAN.com. We're running a $39 summer special right now. That'll include all of our guides, whether it's uh, the Belmont Guide eventually, whether it's the NBA Draft Guide. Of course, we're right in the midst of NBA season, and there's all sorts of uh, NBA playoffs and uh, all sorts of guys that will be coming out, so you can get all that, plus all everything that we get from VEASAN, from our best bets and more. Check that out at VEASAN.com. All right, very good. Uh, Aaron Oster, appreciate you, my friend. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. Hope everyone hits their best. There he is, Aaron Oster from out in Vegas at VEASAN. When we come back in, we'll come a little bit more locally. Our friend Leon Twyman, Assistant General Manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He will join us. That's next. This is Simply the Bets. 
The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. PressBox is available for free at over 500 areas locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches, and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help. Running in when others run away. Working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people. People like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Thursday, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Well, actually, you're listening to Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And let's head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where our friend, the assistant general manager, Mr. Leon Twyman, is standing by. Leon, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's going on? How are you? Man, everything is good. What a wild couple of weeks this has been. So um, I got a video up right now on Live Casino and Hotel's social media page. The Justin Thomas thing is nuts, dude. And to me, this is proof of why you have to be in the sports book for these events because live betting is is so incredible. And you pointed out to me that Justin Thomas started the day, started the day at thirty-one to one, yeah. and we know that number went up 
because of how his round started yesterday. I don't know. I don't know if we ever figured out what the number, what the what the biggest payout was possible for Justin Thomas winning. But there was a genuine opportunity for someone to make a ton of money betting on Justin Thomas on Sunday. So I actually looked at some of those numbers today to see what some of our uh, largest payouts were. Um, our biggest payout, someone had him at sixteen to one. Okay, and it was. Five, it was uh, $5,100 is what they got paid Shoo! out. But our highest odds for him that some, someone had was 33 to 1, but okay. they only placed $5 on him. I mean, but still, <laughs> hang on a second, though. Think about that. Yeah. That, that, that person just took it on a lark, just said, what the hell? I'll throw five bucks into the, the you know the, the self-service kiosk, and I'll hit Justin Thomas's name. Worst case scenario, I've lost five dollars. Best case scenario, I just made a hundred and fifty bucks, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> that's a it's a damn good return on investment. Um, I'm all for that type of bet. I love it. But again, Aline, I think that speaks to what we're talking about. This is why you got to be there. You got to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook because here in the state of Maryland, it's the only way for you to be able to do live betting. You've got to hang out and watch these events, these big events that you're going to want to bet on. You got to be there watching them in the FanDuel Sportsbook because it presents those opportunities. I, I, I think back on that day, we were all hanging out watching the Buccaneers Rams game, and it didn't work out in the end, but I kept looking at that number and saying, do you guys not realize this is Tom Brady we're talking about? <laughs> like, I, you keep this number keeps ballooning, and it makes no damn sense to me. I'm throwing some more money on the bucks, and I get it. I we, it ended up uh, not paying off for all of us, but man, the, there's just nothing that beats live betting for big events. Yes, it's it's, it's great, man. It's the best way to bet, especially if you're you're just you're sitting back, hanging with your friends, enjoying yourselves. <laughs> Why not throw a couple bucks here and there into the kiosk? No doubt, money over here. No doubt. All right, let's talk about what's coming up this week because it is it is a crazy busy week. We've been you and I have been talking so much about the playoffs in recent weeks, and that continues. And, and oddly, everything's a blowout, which makes no sense whatsoever. But it's what it is. But this week in particular, some really huge events, and it starts on Saturday with the Champions League final, Real Madrid and Liverpool. What all are you guys offering as far as like it? Are there is it a, that we we treat this thing like in the global community? This is basically like the Super Bowl. We know there's no event that there are more betting options for than the Super Bowl. Is there a Super Bowl caliber uh, amount of bets that are available for the Champions League final? So we do have a bunch of different ways that you can bet. Um, I know a lot of people get confused because. Soccer is one of those hard events to bet because if you're betting just straight out like money line betting, there's always that tie option that gets people when it comes to overtime. So obviously, you know, you're betting just the regular money line. Um, it's only for regulation time. So that's something people have to have to remember. So if you feel like they're going to tie in regulation in that 90 minutes, you need to bet that tie option in order to win your bet. If you bet, Liverpool or Real Madrid to win, um, and it ties in that regulation, they're going to lose your bet. So for this particular one, if you want them to win, no matter if it's extra time or whatever the case is, you want to bet to lift the cup. That's, that's where you want to bet that for them to actually win is to bet to lift the cup. That's exactly what it's, what it's called. Essentially it means if they score in extra time or if they win in penalty kicks. 
Correct. That covers. And by the way, you're talking to a guy who had to learn this the hard way some time ago, Leon Twyman, <laughs> because I bet Italy to win the Euro, and they did. But I didn't win my bet. <laughs> and I was not very happy. I kept, I was like, hey, so uh, I, this one cashes out, right? No, not exactly. No, not exactly the way that it works. Um, so, yes, if, if what you want to bet is just, hey, I don't know how it's going to happen, but at the end of the day, I believe that Real Madrid is going to end up hoisting the trophy as the winners of the Champions League, then you have to bet them to lift the cup. Because if they score an extra time and win 2-1, and you only bet them on a win bet, then you're going to lose your bet. So that is very important. That is correct. But I'm going through all of the various bets that are available for the Champions League final. It is Super Bowl-esque. I mean, you can bet... If certain players will take multiple shots during the course of the match, you can bet if players will have one or more shots in each half. You can bet the number of corner kicks that are taken during the course of the match. You can bet if who the first player will be to be shown a card during the course of a match. There really are. This is this is a Super Bowl caliber number of bets that are available for soccer fans on Saturday. Yes, and there's also uh, a bet for uh, penalty miss, and that's at plus uh, seven fifty. If, if somebody, now, I'm assuming this is not if the match goes to PKs. I'm assuming that's just a a penalty shot during the run of play. Correct. So if they, someone if there is a missed penalty kick, you could bet that from either team. You could bet that at plus seven fifty and make some handsome money on that. Uh, best, uh, by the way, you can bet plus two fifty on somebody scoring via a penalty kick during the course of the match. It is that type of prop betting that is available for the Champions League final. Now let's move Leon to Saturday night. Um, you guys, I want to make sure you will be showing the Gervonta Davis Rolando Romero fight. Correct? Yes, we will, and I'm hoping for a huge turnout. Of course, this is Baltimore's own Gervonta Davis. And we know that Gervonta Davis, um, in recent fights, has gone a little bit further into the fight than he was going earlier on in his career. He's he's become, it's weird, he started getting tutelage from Floyd Mayweather, and he started <laughs> acting a lot more like Floyd Mayweather when it comes to his yeah. boxing. Um, so those are, we were just talking about this a second ago with Aaron Oster out in Vegas. Those are some of the props that are available. You can bet if Gervonta Davis will win in the first six rounds or if he's going to win in the later six rounds. And if you make one of those bets, both of those bets currently have plus money. Yes, they do. So first six rounds plus 130. Last six rounds is plus 135. So, hey, why not? Why not throw some money on them? There's I am other ways to bet as well. So I mean, there, you can just throw money all around on this fight and and end up making some decent money because you're obviously not going to make any money just on him straight to win because it's minus thirteen hundred. Yeah, or or there's the thing that you might do where like uh, some idiot you know where you think there's no way Canelo Alvarez is losing a fight on on <laughs> Cinco de Mayo weekend. That would never happen, and you just say, ah, hell, I'll play him in a bunch of different parlays I have going, and. But I don't. I don't think that's going to happen to Tank Davis. I do. I am with you. I don't. I don't think there's much of a chance that Tank Davis loses this fight again. Much like Floyd Mayweather, he he kind of picks his opponents purposefully <laughs> these days. Yes, he does. Uh, and that's he the does. way it goes. So if you want to reserve your spot for Saturday night and the big fight, email events at sportssocialmd.com. 
and you can guarantee your table, guarantee reclining chairs for you and your group. As um, Leon noted, there is a huge crowd expected. Big fight nights tend to bring in big crowds, correct? That is correct. And this it's, is it's a lot bigger than in basketball, which is pretty insane because we are a basketball market. No doubt. No doubt. All right, and then on Sunday, uh, the Indianapolis 500. And admittedly, Leon, I know nothing about betting the Indianapolis 500. Zero. <laughs> I've never done it before. I just learned that former NASCAR star Jimmy Johnson is driving in the Indianapolis 500, which I had no clue was a thing. Um, it, it does appear as though there is a robust amount of Indianapolis 500 bets available as well. Yes. There are, and you know, I'm. I might do it myself. I've never bet on it, um, but just to get in some action, man, have something to look forward to. I think I'm going to jump in on it as well. <laughs> uh, do you have Do you have someone that uh, that's intriguing to you? Do you have a name that you want to throw out to me? <laughs> you know, honestly, I do not. Have ah, name, all right, fair just enough. Because I, just because I like the name, and say willpower. Yeah, I, I do like willpower. I've always <laughs> liked the name willpower. I'm with you on that one. He's thirteen to one. Why the hell? The hell? Let's do it. Let's all roll some money on willpower. Um, what else is on your radar this week, um, uh, Leon? What else is going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and what else are you thinking about? What bets? I do. I feel like we should be checking more because I saw a couple of you guys are offering like boosts every now and then. Correct. So the boost, unfortunately, is is done online. It's not. In oh, retail. you can't. Okay. All right. All right. So, so that, I, I take that part. Back. Thing about that. All right. Well, what what um, else? What else do we need to know about that's going on? Hey, we have sport? we have the French Open. We have we've been taking a lot of my action man, on the French Open. My man, I've had a good couple of days. I've had a good couple of days. <laughs> it's me and your boy Bruce Billick. We uh we know a thing or two about this. Um. I and it's I think this is where it's important to remind people. So French Open action starts at five a.m. every day, right? So like yep. this morning, if you wanted to, I included Daniil Medvedev in a couple of parlays. Like I, I certainly you're not going to make any money betting Daniil Medvedev straight up to win a match, but I included him in a couple of parlays that I wanted to put together. The only way that you're able to do that is to be at the twenty four seven self service kiosks at the FanDuel Sportsbook because even though the sportsbook isn't open yet you can still get your bets in very early on for these early matches of the French Open, correct? That is correct. 61 of them, 24-7. That's what I love. That's what I love. Anything else that's on your radar? Anything else we should know about? Uh, well, I know we talked about it last week about some NFL. I got some uh, crazy NFL parlays coming in right now. Are you now. serious? Oh, it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, give, can you give me an example? Can you give me like something that would leave me just shaking my head about a, a bet that you guys got took in this week? <laughs> yeah. So how about um, right now? These are all money line bets for the first week. Uh, Five dollars to win. Let's see, seventeen thousand. I have uh, Bills, Colts, Eagles. We got Baltimore over Jets. We got Cleveland over Panthers, Jaguars over Washington, Patriots over Miami. We got uh, Saints over Falcons, Bears over 49ers. My God. Chargers over the Raiders. We got Vikings over Packers. Wow. Oh, that's bold. That's bold. <laughs> but, Lynn, we literally don't know who's going to be playing in these games. <laughs> it's there, insane. There are man. four months. For players to get hurt between now and then, and that confident <laughs> bet that you made on—I don't know what you're doing. I don't, hey Amen. But you can do it. They're available. The odds yeah. are available to you. The odds are available. It's there. Right now. It's there. We're taking them in. I have. I have multiple. 
it's just insane how much action we're taking on oh, it right that now. Is, just multiple with parlays on these. That is nuts. Versus. That's nuts to me. All right, uh, I'm going to be making a trip. I am. I'm. I'm getting the ticket. Uh, Maryland baseball. It was seven to one yesterday, so I'm bummed out. It dropped down sixty to one to win the College World Series. That the RPI ranked number three team in the country. They shouldn't be sixty to one. I'm not. I don't think they're going to win the College World Series, but they shouldn't be sixty to one. Leon, I need <laughs> that ticket. I need. In and I told everybody the Lightning shouldn't have been uh, given the odds they were given before the playoffs started. Here they are, already two rounds in. I'm telling you, it made no sense. All right, Leon Twyman, uh, Fanduel Sportsbook again. Uh, Sixty-one self-service kiosks. They're open twenty-four-seven. And email events at sportssocialmd.com if you want to reserve your spot for any of the upcoming big events. I appreciate you, my friend. Let's talk again next Tuesday. All right. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Assistant General Manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. He is our buddy, Leon Twyman. Here on Simply the Bets. We are winding down. We turn things over to Griffin. He is trying to, to, to pick up where Paul left off, a tidbit of the week. So it's like a tidbit, except it should be something specifically related to betting. Okay. What you gotcha. got for us? Uh, well, actually, this is one I, that I just came up came across right now because uh, Trey Lance, the Trey Lance uh, bet. Oh, you are so excited about yeah, Aaron Gri- Griffin's mad Oster. Aaron's Aaron uh, Oster. Griffin's mad at Aaron Oster for saying don't bet Trey Lance because I Griffin, like that bet. There's Griffin another... is one of these bro dogs that wants to. There's hit, a no, there's hipster... a second year quarterback that we're very familiar with that also won an MVP. Yeah, I'm aware. Lamar Jackson. I'm what were his his odds in June 2019? Were 100 to but one. But we knew he was the starting quarterback. Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. You don't know that. Jimmy Garoppolo. They're trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, my God. We're just, we're just saying things. Okay. There All was right. no debate T- about – there was no uh, other opinion to be had. There was no other quarterback that could start. My God. All right, go ahead. Tidbit. Yeah. I have a few. I guess I'll, I'll just I'll pick one for now. Yes, that's the way we do this. Um, I'm trying to find it oh, on here. Okay, not, so 11 a.m. Sunday morning, uh-huh. Justin Thomas was sitting at plus 3,600 on FanDuel. Uh-huh. And so a better placed $1,100 on Justin Thomas to win. That's what we were just talking about with Leon. This is why you got to be there. So, and so. he won $40,000 off of that bet. This is why you have to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook. It was 31-1 to coming into the round. So even if on Saturday night you said to yourself, eh, what the hell, I'll throw a couple bucks Justin Thomas's way. That would have paid out quite well for you. But, again, the way the round got started, that number ballooned. Um, Leon said their biggest payout, as he mentioned, was 33 to 1, but that was just somebody who bet $5. You said this was $1,000? Yeah. And that's a – you're in a different stratosphere yeah, when you've got a a $1,000 worth of F around money to just throw on Justin Thomas to win the PGA Championship. But, I mean, this is why you got to be there. there I mean, these things happen. I have another quick one if you want it. Okay. So someone put a ten leg parlay together for decision day, Premier League on Sunday. Okay. They got every single every match. match. Yeah, they got every single. See, match I don't know right. enough about like whether plus thirty thousand. They got it right. It, it it could have all been chalk. For what it's worth, I played three different. It was not all chalk. They got Leeds United to win over Brown. That's at least one upset. I if you that. if you say so, I I I just don't know enough about the the. I know I know it was looking crazy there for yeah. a second. He had to sweat out a lot of them. Yeah, man, Man City in particular, who was down two nil like well into the second half before they suddenly just started scoring goals left Le- and right. Leeds scored in like the ninety second minute. Okay. And it was it was a crazy day. So ten bucks and he won three thousand dollars. I mean that's that that ain't bad. Yeah. That ain't bad. I, for what it's worth, like when it is chalk. Like some of the things that I do when I'm betting the French Open early on, 
is I'll just parlay like one match that I feel comfortable with with guarantees like Djokovic, Nadal, Carlos Alvarez. I'll throw in someone like an Alex Molkin. And that way, nope. exactly. I'll throw in someone like an Alex Molkin that I'm comfortable with, right? Like I was confident in Molkin winning his first round matchup, but the odds are far closer to, to even in order to try to put the money together. So I, I could go, I, yesterday I almost did certainly go 10 for 10, but six of them were obvious. Six of them were you would have gotten, anybody would have gotten them right. Not just you, Griffin. I'm saying anybody at all would have gotten these right, and then I just got to find three or four that I feel comfortable with, and then I can make this work in order to hit on a few parlays in tennis. On Monday, by the way, or on Sunday, I did not have a perfect day. I did get some. I'm trying to remember who I trusted on Sunday that let me down. Can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But, I mean, it doesn't. it just doesn't work this way every time. Every now and then someone ends up letting you down as you play these types of parlays. But that's a, that's a pretty good payoff on a $10 bet. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, very good. Thanks to Leon Twyman. Thanks to Aaron Oster. Don't forget, email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot for any of the big events coming up this week in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We will see you next Tuesday for the next Simply the Bets. Next week we'll have Simply the Bets and Weekend at Bookies for you. In the meantime, may the odds be ever in your favor.